Well, hell yeah, everybody. How are we doing? Hi, we, pretty soon we're going to have to be telling people we're not going to see them until next year. Oh my <laughs> pretty soon, <laughs> right now. Yeah, we only got one more event. Uh, we got the 17th, and that's it. Um, after the 17th, we will not meet again until the 7th of January, 2025. Or, sorry, 2024. Got wow, ahead of myself. 25. Holy cow. We really. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, you. Calm you know, down. We just we doing a time skip there for. <laughs> well, you know, I am a DM. I get to you know do that when I feel like doing it. You know. Yeah. I mean, this year feels like two years. I wouldn't mind us collectively just agreeing <laughs> that it's twenty twenty five and skipping over twenty four. Yeah, I don't mind agreeing with that. Yeah, it does feel like this year was two years. Like it felt really like more than I was able to absorb. Except we have an election. Though. I don't want to skip past 24 just because of the election part. Yeah. Well, that's going to that's gonna feel like five Moderately important, year. right? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an interesting Maybe we'll skip to the good ending. Yeah, maybe it will, well, yeah. Here's to hoping scruples get uh, brought back into the reality of things. <laughs> After what happened down in Texas, man. I'm yep. like, you got to be kidding me with what's going on. Just crazy. Absolutely. And I've been through that. That's the part that was so visceral for me. Um, I don't mind sharing this because this was like 25, 26 years ago. My very first son was stillborn at, at eight and a half months. You know, and there's no, there's no natural anything at that point. All of that becomes medical. You know, yep. you, you could only resolve it mm -hmm. through medical solution. Yep. So it's just, it's, you know, my ex from my first marriage, she called me and she was like, wow. I go, yeah, are you glad we that didn't happen to us in Texas? Because that, you know, in a modern, you yeah. know, kind of curriculum, that would have been, we would have had to leave the state because I don't yeah. believe they would, you know, would have, uh, you know, been able to do it. So I don't really don't insert politics into our games, but I, I got to tell you, for the last year, I've been able to stay kind of in between and just kind of watch things as they're kind of evolving around. But that Texas thing hit me personally because of my past. So it was hard for me to kind of not feel affected by it. Um, and I just, I mean, my ex, we had a very like hour long conversation and, you know, her new husband is super conservative, but not too nutsy conservative. And even he was like, what? I mean, this is just humanity. I mean, you know, you don't make women suffer, you know, yeah. for the because nature does its normal thing. And it's just like, it's a very bizarre situation. It was very bizarre, you know, but it was fun to be fun. It was nice to be <laughs> able to talk about it without people getting upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? People can have different perspectives, different viewpoints. Um, I will always be on the side of one fundamental fact. When you take away somebody's rights to something it's always a negative. It's always yeah. a negative. There may be a lot of politics behind why people do what they do, but the fundamental reality is you take away anybody's right, it's going to come and bite you in the ass every time. Every time it's going to come get you. And women have fought very hard over the last 300 years to get up to where they are. And the very first thing you do as a man, you take away that right, you lose me in a heartbeat. In like a huge heartbeat, you lose me. And I'm always going to be that way because it's just not fair. Not fair. Sorry. Rant over. Moving on. 
need to borrow Brian's rant cam for that. Yeah, I know, right? I need I need uh, Brian's uh, rant cam for that. And we have a soundboard. Our show doesn't even come back to like I think the second or third week in January because we're we're doing a whole bunch of rewrites and trying to figure out what we want our third season to look like. Okay. Finally, getting that uh, Thursday show campaign thing written right yeah we'll see Brian's that's campaign. not even on me that's on <laughs> him, it's him. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> I, i've proven my lot in life when it comes to running campaigns so i'm good i'm good um unfortunately winter's still missing in action uh, i'm hoping to hear from her after the holidays if i don't i may you know we may have to just kind of move on um you know, and, and just do what we do. So it happens, you know, real people's lives get overwhelming and, you know, they, they, they just focus on that. And I would have preferred to have heard from her just to make sure she's okay. Um, but I haven't heard from her in almost three weeks. So, um, either real life has overwhelmed her to the point where she's truly distracted or she's just decided to move on, which is perfectly fine. I mean, I'm never one to, take away anybody's license or, you know, decision to do that. But hopefully we'll hear from her and, you know, be able to make sure she's okay. Uh, but for now, it's going to just be the four of you. Because we're so far along in this campaign, I have no intention of refilling that seat um, because I just don't think it's very fair to a new person coming in. And I don't, uh, and I don't necessarily want to put the vibe of the table at risk for the sake of trying to fill a seat. You know, you guys have always known my whole life I'm, all about uh, quality, not quantity, you know? So, and to me, I'm perfectly happy to run a game of four players because, you know, the sweet spot for me is always five. Four is fine. Three is too few. And uh, anything over six is just too many. So I always feel like the four and five spot is where I like to be anyways. So, all right, updates had. Got one more session uh, before. Oh, and uh, welcome to session... 52. 52. Um, you know, we have been together for a while. And welcome to episode 31. You know, we've been on Twitch for a while, too. So I'm hoping, you know, people find this and consume it in the way that they feel like gives them the most entertainment or most educational value into how to play the game. You know, that's the main reason why I like to share what we do is I want people to see that there's an opportunity out there for these games to be played, either in person or remotely and you can have a lot of fun doing it meet new people make new friends and you know have a lot of you know interesting opportunities to get your uh, gnome your elf your tabaxi or your human killed in the most creative <laughs> and awe-inspiring ways and, uh, and of course watching the cute gnome descend into darkness and corruption that's always fun to watch <laughs> 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 so many souls <laughs> so little time <laughs> like there's, a, there's definitely a uh a uh, come to helm happening pretty soon oh uh, well yeah i'll be interesting to see when you guys start the erebos arc back up again i feel like we kind of went into puck's arc for a bit um and you know some decisions were made but <laughs> that note, some choices were made. Um, on that note, where we last left off, the team spent their, uh, we we're still technically in day one within Haven, correct? Yes. Um, yeah, so day one in Haven. 
a handful of things occurred. Not only have we begin to realize that Brightfin, being the owner of a curation shop, clearly having access to the shipwrecks and sites throughout the region has exposed him to some um, unique individuals as well as relics. Um, currently, he has been asked by one of the priestesses on the title council to keep an eye out for a beacon relic or a relic that may be connected to not only the lighthouse beacon in the Shattered Isles, but possibly to the one uh, in the Moonshay. And we've discovered that there may even be one in Haven on the back of Grexel or Drexelgrix. Um, and this has prompted some conversation with Brightfin, where he admitted to possibly having conversations with Mannheim and Mason in regards to some of these things being looked for by other individuals as well. It would also seem that Mason may have moved on uh, and is currently occupying somewhere within the Shattered Isles, making it through the Vale, or is possibly in the process of making it through the Vale. But the team did secure some items, and we got a notion of Puck's cleverness as she managed to um, figure out what might be in the uh, coral lighthouse that sits on the back of Draxel Grix um, and had an impromptu kind of psychic conversation with an undead turtle that is trapped inside of a crystalline structure and may actually be the creature that um, administers to this massive ancient dragon turtle that this community sits on the back of. At this point, the team gathered back up at the place that they're staying. Um, I believe at that point, Puck had brought everyone up to date in regards to her incursion and conversation with Dominion and beginning to kind of admit to some of the strangeness that's been going on with her, which at one point, Sibo and I believe the other sailor, what's his name again? Starts with a P. Peroni. I love how you guys remember that. I just say that just because I want to hear you say it. Um, coming back with Peroni and Sibo, Sibo um, um, came to fetch all of you to the meeting of the title council. And where we last left off, you are now swimming through the seawater corridors of the title council palace making your way behind Sibo and Peroni on the way to the title council. What would you guys like to do? Uh, do anybody want to hand out equipment real quick? Oh, yes. Let's go ahead and yeah. resolve any equipment that you want to yeah. resolve before we get to the title council. I forgot that you said you wanted to do that. Yeah, just real quick. I want to try. I want to, I want to make an attempt at some point. Not right now, but for the Guardian's amulet, amulet for that attunement to whatever spirit's inside of that thing. But I also like the circle of the title mind. Gosh, stuttering. Words, baby. Words. Words are hard. But I still have uh, I still have in the bag of holding circlet of Merfolk's Grace. That's uh, plus swim speed and uh, plus dexterity, I believe. Okay. Yeah, increased spin speed plus two to dexterity saving throws. Uh, I also have the bracers of deflection, 
plus two AC versus ranged and catch missiles. Requires attunement. And uh, uh, Zant said you wanted the mantle of Sentinel. Yep. Yep. Take it. You can have it. Uh, uh, nice. Did you find it? Is it showing up for you on? Uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. I'll remove that from my bag. That way we don't duplicate it. Puck, do you want anything? Ooh, what were the um, objects again? Uh, unclaimed currently is Dwindalian Bracers of Deflection. They are plus two to range attacks, uh, plus two AC versus range attacks, and potential to catch missiles. And then uh, Circlet of Merfolk's Grace, Swim Faster, and uh, plus, two a uh, plus two Dexterity. Ooh, um, does Spot have a preference? I actually don't need any of those. Um, he I... just bought his own step. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a gnome can't be too fast underwater, so maybe the second one would be... Uh, the circlet? Yeah, I'm just imagining Puck trying to swim with her little legs. It's not uh, graceful. Okay, I'll just type the name of it in there. If you look for it on D&D be Beyond, you should be able to find it. I mean, it'd be like a little frog kind of <laughs> yeah, as opposed to you know lunch like, <laughs> paddling alongside of you lunch is always graceful although lunch was left behind with winter in the studio yep. Uh, yep. while the four of you are presented to the title council at this point uh yes but tigers are very Sorry, punch tigers. punch is the tiger right uh yes <laughs> Yeah, lunch is with winter in the in the uh, in the residence. Fuck the bracers could also be good for you because you're like mostly at, like at range, right? So uh, if someone's going to attack you, they'll be far away. Hopefully, <laughs> um, actually, that's true. You can uh, have both of them. Nobody. I mean, I've. No, that's greedy of me. I can't. I couldn't. Not. No one else is claiming it, so. Yeah, um, I mean, we've already made the trades. Oh, uh, well, does, mostly made the trades. Well, then Earthen should have the. Uh, I'm the taking the necklace. Well, I'm taking the necklace. The necklace and uh, one of the helmet, or one of the one of the uh, circlets. Well, how about Zanith then? Because isn't Zanith like still in an armor swimming? That has to be difficult. That's okay. I like I've got the mantle which or the yeah, the mantle which I'm pretty hyped about. If like you actively don't want the bracers, I would take them, but I thought they might make sense for you just cuz you you operate at range. <laughs> no, it is true. <laughs> and she's uh, heavy armor and up close. <laughs> okay, I'll take the bracer, but then somebody else should take the circlet um so it evens out. We're evened out. It's, it's all evened out already. Yeah, we're good. Um. Hmm. You know what? Is it okay if we put the circlet on punch? Or is that a waste? <laughs> like, like, put it around his neck. It like would be a so necklace? cute on his little ears. <laughs> I, I think, unfortunately, the problem is you have to have a certain amount of intelligence to attune to something. How yeah. dare you? Well, I mean, like human intelligence, not necessarily bestial intelligence. Um, I mean, you can always try to seek someone out to make punch like 
have a voice and be able to like talk and I mean you're the only one that could ever really talk to punch anyways because <laughs> you speak with animals um but yeah I, I, technically um punch is a he right uh yes yeah he wouldn't know how to do a tune is the problem and it would require attunement yeah Fair. so I guess we can uh, put the circlets like on hold and maybe if like it becomes clear that somebody needs it I, I, mean, I feel bad taking them to, sorry I can't even if you need it you still have to attune to it so you'd have to take time to attune it's not something you could just put on and get the benefits immediately how about we do like everybody chooses a number <laughs> <laughs> I've already got a headpiece. Like so I can't wear she's it. She's got a I helmet. A, I have a helmet that I'm going to stick a mantle under. So <laughs> mechanically, it's already a little. Well, spot, spot could swim faster, though. <laughs> I don't think water even recognizes that Spot's there. It's almost well, like he's on top of it. Yeah. You know when a jet hits the sound, you know, breaks the sound barrier. There's that puff of energy behind it. <laughs> But it flies by you, and then like a second later, then you hear the boom. I kind of feel like that's how Spot moves now. <laughs> <laughs> that dope-ass monk shit. That is cool. Okay, well, I'll take the circlet, but if anybody else wants it, they can have... Like, if anybody needs it, I guess. Take them both. Like, we're, we're building the team, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Plus, I got you on the hook, so you know I can find more out about your little. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it does feel <laughs> guilty to not say everything right away and also receive things, so I do feel a little bad. <laughs> <laughs> so Earthen's like, take it, <laughs> take it. Bracers, you know, maybe put them on, and if somebody shoots at you, you can catch it, right? Uh, and then you put this on and you can swim faster. Okay. But if anybody else needs that, please let me know. We'll take it from you if we need it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we're... I think we're, we're resolved. to see the council. Yep. And Puck, the item names are in the chat here, so you can look them up on D&D Beyond to add them to your character. Yeah, it okay. should be in the private chat. <laughs> And I turned on the um, shared campaign feature. So that should definitely allow you to be able to see it as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, am I looking right past him? Because I don't see anything but a private chat there. Uh, private chat for StreamYard. Oh. Yeah, I know. I do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the one that you type in all the time. Yeah, right? it's the one that you type oh, in all the time. Right. That's what I thought you were talking about the... Uh, no. My bad. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys wander, or I should say wade and swim down the hallways, you can feel yourself gradually inclining up to where you remember looking from the outside uh, when you were um, both out in the coral markets as well as um, uh, up in the coral spires above the, the higher portion of Draxel Grix. Um, you remember looking down to see the coral citadel that makes up the kind of where the title council you know, resides and 
we're kind of like those in authority and kind of in charge of society kind of linger in a separate area. And now you can feel as you're swimming, you're gradually doing this long kind of uh, uh, gradual swim upward. And you begin to pass fewer and fewer merfolk and fewer and fewer chambers and, and pass through uh, uh, contained areas till you get to the, after about 20 minutes of making your way up this long gradual um, incline of these water tunnels, um, eventually you come to a stop in front of like a rather large coral uh, platform with coral kind of um, uh, coral and undersea kind of vegetation like growing out. And that's when you realize it's it's a rather large protrusion of coral that overlooks um, all of Draxelbricks <laughs> down below. Um, so you're still kind of in the water environment. Um, and there on a platform, you can see five kind of, uh, of chairs, thrones, built out of coral and stone and um, a shell material and oyster material and like all the things that you could find in undersea environments. The first one you see is in the middle. As Sibo kind of stops you in front of the entry point and points towards the raised dais where the council sits. You could see one merfolk that looks particularly like maybe they're the captain of the guard or maybe uh, in charge of a bodyguard. And you can see flanking on either side of the dais two heavily armed merfolk warriors, but they're in kind of parade or they're in kind of like, they're just standing there, or I should say, you know, um, treading water in the chamber. Just kind of get the feeling that they might be like ceremonial guard. Um, as part of just keeping an eye on the council chamber. The first one that gets your attention is the one that they call wave um, that they call wave, wave binder. And this she supposedly leads this community. And you can see she sits up on the throne with this massive trident that she carries and kind of she sits very casually, the trident's across her legs. There's a long like white and green hair coming down her merfolk body and she's wearing a lot of very um bright designs on her on her halter um her like um even in her like her scales are imbued with like lots of facets of gems and 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 precious metals and items once again they're very much into kind of making themselves look amazing to a certain degree. They always want to be kind of shiny and like they're always kind of like just trying to use the natural things around them as a way to kind of like um, give off their personality. And this one, she strikes you as a leader type. The kind of very stoic, passive look on her face as she uh, uh, sits there watching you guys come up to the entry. To her right, two other merfolk. And to her left, two other merfolk. To her right, um, well, first, Sibo uh, points to the captain of the guard. Um, and she leans in. Um, so that is Wavebinder. She leads the council. There, that's hulking-looking fellow there. That's uh, Joan Shellguard. He's the one that's in charge of the bodyguard for the council. Now, to the right, the two that you see there, um, 
the one that looks kind of like a, a, an academic. And she goes by the name of Kerala Rifat. She is the keeper of law of the Merfolk people. She's the one that makes sure that all the histories and knowledge of Draxelhaven is maintained for futures to come. The surly-looking fella sitting alongside her, um, that is Tallo Stormfit. He's the master of trades. If anybody wishes to trade or do any business with Draxelhaven, they have to go through him for approvals, whether it's surface worlders or other underworld communities. Now, to the left, the one that you see there, to, um, just to the leader's side, that is Maris Sunscale. She's the high priestess. Um, she handles all the spiritual leadership and spiritual understanding that the community shares. And then off to her right, Livria Pearlweaver. She is chief of all artisans. If you want to make it, bake it, break it, or find it, she's the one that people seek out to understand how to do this. Now, this is purely a formality. They will ask you questions. You will answer these questions. They, in turn, will grant you a favor in expectation of a return of that favor. So if there's something you want access to, if there's something you want to see or do while in Draxelhaven, if they are so kind enough to allow you to do it, their word is bonded. People cannot say no to your inquiries. Although there are limitations based on what you ask, so be mindful of what you ask. Peroni kind of looks over. Uh, yeah, this is the hard part. Um, they, they're not emotional people like we are. They may sound like assholes, but they're not trying to be assholes. It's just the way they communicate. Um, uh, they don't... You know how elves... No offense, uh, Zenith. But you know how elves are... Kind of have that pretend... Like that uh, kind of pretentious look on their face every time you talk to them? These guys are way worse. I mean, not only do they have that look, but they they have that look like you smell funny, uh, that they can't believe they're forced to have to talk to you. Yeah, it's just be mindful of that. Don't take too much offense to it. Good luck. And Peroni kind of like <laughs> sidesteps out of the entryway to just kind of stand at the entry point. Sibo uh, kind of cracks her knuckles. Okay, let's uh, get this done. Um, the four of you follow directly behind me when I step into the chamber. You watch as Sibo starts wading into the chamber. The captain of the guard comes to full attention. The two guardians come to full attention as well. And you watch as the five council members just lean back in their chairs with their various colorations, weapons, and things that are on their person. All of it looking very ceremonial from your perspective. Sibo glides up in front of the presentation and she stops long enough to look up and she curtly bows, you know, in front of them. Great title council. Four of my friends would like to be presented to you. They would like free reign in your wonderful community, the ability to travel both back to where they came from and if you're willing to accept them, allowing them to trade with Graxelhaven as well. They are on an important journey, council members. They seek entry 
into the Shattered Isles, something that was promised to them uh, quite a long time ago. These promises were made by somebody that you currently have in your possession in the High Tower, up in the Pearl Tower. She goes by the name of Martinette. I know for a fact that these folk would definitely want to speak with her. As the Martinette has been put under your ward and protection and imprisonment, they would have to seek your courtesy to allow her um, to be visited by them. I humbly ask in their stead, therefore they are free to ask you of other faiths. You watch as Wavebinder, she gets up and swims. As always, Sibo, master of spells, your courteous nature, regardless of how tiny you are, always presented to us. We will think on this request. Please allow the newcomer's entry and introductions. Time is not cheap. And she kind of floats back to her throne and sits back, kind of, they never really sit. They always kind of wade in the water like a few inches off the surface of the throne. It seems like, once again, this whole place feels very much ceremonial, not like designed for anything other than to impress people that come here or more importantly, to say no to people that come here. And therefore, you know, their word is their final certainty. Who would like to go in first? Because Sibo looks at the four of you as you stand at the threshold. Sibo's eyebrow kind of goes up looking at the four of you. It's probably best if I go last. Are we drawing straws? I'm, okay, you roll a d20. Who goes first? <laughs> well, you can all roll d20s and roll these in the order. Yep, yeah, yeah. Roll these. Right. Uh, I got an eight. Okay. Fourteen. I got a net twenty. Six. Okay, so Xanth so is last. Yeah. Or first. First, you, you got a net right? twenty. Yeah, she. Well, yeah, you get to that pick. That means you I go first. first <laughs> Well, you can either go pick, first right? or choose the order that you want to go to, but everyone else is going to go in the order that they rolled. All right. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Sibo, like, like, looks over at Spot <laughs> with, like, genuine <laughs> relief on her face as Xanth kind of wades out towards Sibo. Sibo smiles and um, kind of curtly bows at the council. Not deep, but enough to show respect. Um as you kind of glide up in front of the council, all five of them staring very intently on you. Very difficult faces to read. Virtually no emotion is in their face. But you get the feeling based on the way they spoke to Sibo, their emotion is more in their voices or in the way that they use the dialect of their language. Your gills allow you to understand merfolk at this point. Like the magic is kind of all binding um, mm -hmm. that way. And the five of them just kind of sit there staring at you as if they're waiting. I've been instructed not to speak until I'm spoken to. So I think Xanth waits for a while to see if they'll say something. You guys watch as there's this awkward silence in the chamber for about five minutes. <laughs> each of the council members look at each other and nod and Wavebinder gets up 
and starts floating towards you. She's, she's about 10 feet away, a respectable distance. And she tilts her head towards you. I see that you've taken our customs to hand. The fact that you are patiently waiting for the council to address you shows not only your genuine interest in our culture, but you're not as dumb as you may look. And you you watch as she moves back a little bit and looks over at the captain. The captain bows. Please, introduce yourself to the council. My name is Xanth. I'm a cleric of Helm, and I seek passage through the veil to do his work. What can you offer this council to trade in this favor? What are you seeking? All the council members look at each other strangely. Like for, for once you see eyes and she, you could tell she like kind of calms herself a bit, but not in like she's upset, but like she's kind of excited. Hmm. No one has ever addressed us as to what we would want. Normally, it's left up to those asking the favor to assume what we want. Helm, as an exchange of cultures, could you write us the understanding of Helm, leave us his book, and allow us an opportunity to learn what he is? I would be happy to do so. Favor accepted. Now. Captain Joan, would you see to passage being made for the, you and your friends, I suppose? When is our next journey to the Vale? Joran swims up to the platform. Our next journey uh, will be led by Gorgrim. He plans on leaving for the Vale in three days on one of the great whales. Um, until then... City is theirs, I suppose, mistress. <laughs> Very well. Passage secured. In three days, seek out Gorgrim and the great blue whale that will carry you to the Vale. Good journey to you. You are dismissed. And she kind of like swims back and sits in the throne and just <laughs> goes into this passive kind of complacent look on her face, looking as if you're already gone. I'll just scoot it out of there. Yeah, you just... <laughs> you hear Sibo. Very good. You did good. That was... Yeah. I was afraid... See, I was afraid that if Spot went first, he'd just start blabbing and everything would just go <laughs> shit. Hopefully they all picked up on... Okay, well. That went well. That went well. And Sibo just kind of turns to look at you, Earthen. <clears throat> Earthen, you know, awkwardly swims forward but flips out his loot his freshly purchased loot and starts. Uh, you screen. notice eyebrows arc with curiosity and the council folks stare at each other. When you do that, he starts playing like a, a soft melody, uh, as his thoughts, uh, go out in kind of a sing song voice. Uh, uh, first, um, you know, gracious patrons. Thank you for allowing us visit. Uh, we certainly adore this wonderful land you live on. I have heard, though, that you might seek an item uh, once thought lost to speak with this great beast that is beneath us. 
Give me a performance check as you do this. Okay. I think Ooh, it, I when get, you use I the get loot, advantage you a, on performance. Yeah, yeah, you get advantage on performance now. Yeah. Yeah. Not my best rolls, but I have a plus nine to performance, so that's a nice. nineteen. Nineteen. Go ahead and give me persuasion with advantage. Uh, that was a rolled nineteen. So let me throw my. That's a twenty. Oh, thirty-three. Thirty-three. Nice. Wavebinder gets up from her throne. I see you are a minstrel of sorts. You not only understand that music is soothing to our ears, but you've even made a purchase of an item within our marketplace, therefore bestowing upon us your your economic importance, your sharing the wealth, as they say. Your song is most intriguing. She looks over to Sunscale. Sunscale floats off the throne to, to, to kind of wade in the water a few feet from you. You seem to understand that there is something that I'm looking for. Is that the favor that you offer me? And therefore you offer this counsel? That would be my favor to offer, yes. Um, you will find this device and bring it to us then? I will make the attempt. Uh, I can't promise success, but of course I make the attempt. Sunscale looks over at Wavebinder. Wavebinder looks over at her and they exchange. You're not sure, but they might be telepathic. That might be part of the bizarre way that they communicate. Um, While their voices... If they're reaching out, they could pick up that Earth is just being honest. He doesn't want to oversell, like, yes, I'll get it, and then it's not there kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I already rolled there. He knows where it is, so he's like, yeah. Um... The wave binder. Farewell. Favor accepted. You will make every possible effort to track down the device Sunscale seeks. Now, which is the favor you ask of us? I offer favor and I offer warning. I would like to speak with the Martinet who you have uh, held in your tower. The warning caveat with that is last knowledge I was given is that she is a thrall of a very powerful individual who supposedly has already pierced the veil. I would worry that in being a thrall to him, he puts you at possible danger. Well, we appreciate this warning. We can let you know with absolute certainty, Master Earthen, that she is indeed more than just a thrall. She is vampire. Wonderful. But yes, favor granted. Through Sibo's request and your own request as well. Favor is granted. You and your friends may speak with her upon completion of this council's meeting or upon any event of day prior to you leaving in three days. I'll like strum a light note uh, at the end and 
would I be able to throw off um, deceptively a uh, detect magic just to kind of see what's in the room? Uh, give me a sleight of hand. <clears throat> Actually, give me performance first. Okay. Do performance first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to burn a lucky point on that one. That was <laughs> not a... <laughs> Even with advantage, that was a terrible... Those were terrible rolls. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Uh, so let's call that a 16. 16? Yep. Give me a regular sleight of hand. Yep. Hang on. That's uh, another 16. Yeah. You barely, like, you get the feeling they probably picked up on the fact that you probably did it. Yep. Uh, but they don't seem overly... Um, kind of uh, miffed or slighted by the fact that you did it. Yep. Um, as you do the detect magic with the flourish and bowing and moving backwards, you pick up on the fact that they're all imbued with magical items. Um, the area that you survey within the 20, 30 foot radius of you, no other obvious magic stands out. Um just the fact that you get close enough to the captain, clearly magical items on him. Um, all the council members, magical items on them as well. Creatures of power and have been collecting powerful things. And Sibo goes, as you kind of float by her, you know, you could have just waited on the cast till, till, till later. Um, what were you looking for? Why did you do that? I was just curious uh, if everything here is as it's themed and um, what powerful artifacts these guys might carry. I don't have any interest in taking them, but uh, it's mm. always nice to learn new things. Yes, in deceptive ways, I suppose. Well, if I just asked them, I assume they wouldn't tell me. You'd be surprised. They are quite um, literal people. I'll keep that in mind next time, then. Thank you, Sibo. Yes. She gets this distraught look on her face as she looks over at Spot. <laughs> and, yeah, she, like, she, she waves her hand toward Spot. And Spot, as you come up to her, Sibo's like, please try really hard to be really, really, really good, Spot. This is kind of really important, okay? Just try. That's all I ask. She tries. Would you like some backing music? <laughs> the faith you guys have in me is amazing. Uh, we just it's, know it's you really about well. faith. You have a track record. You went into a haunted pirate village because you wanted to talk to ghostly pirates. That would have been the coolest shit ever. I'm not actually stupid. I make terrible decisions, but I do think through them. <laughs> make, wait, wait, wait. You make terrible decisions, yes, but you're not yes. stupid. Yeah. See, that's even more terrifying. <laughs> just, just in case, like Earthen's gonna keep strumming in the background. Yeah, like just some <laughs> passive notes, kind of. Yeah, like doing like calming emotions, almost like just. It, it's kind of like that, uh, like you know, when you're in a church service, and they're, they're the guy's preaching, and you're just playing the backing music to kind of follow the. <laughs> So you guys watch the spot floats up towards the dais 
and you're awkwardly kind of floating there. You know, at one point, you, you, as you float, your back starts to turn, but then you kind of like balance it out to kind of, you know, you're still not really all that comfortable in water. It's not your favorite environment. Um, I want to point out, like, Spot is absolutely playing up how bad they are at, uh, at swimming. Oh, I know. They're not know, yeah. themselves, but they are very much like, okay, let's fail more than we have to for this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, just make my way up to the dais. Okay. The five <laughs> council members stare at you as you approach. Council, uh... I'm a humble monk of the. Let's see. I can't remember my character. I had a whole thing worked out. I've been playing for almost a year and a half. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an eminent. Um, somebody that I meant to reference and I can't see her. Tamora? Thank you, yes. I haven't had to do anything for Tenmora in quite a bit. So he said, I'm a monk pledged to Tenmora. I don't believe that your people have encountered mine. Uh, I'm a tabaxi of nowhere in particular. Um, communicator of great skill. I ask nothing of you beyond passage to the veil and the opportunity to consult your uh, the wisdom of your city. Uh, give me a persuasion check. Persuasion check. I'm playing in the background specifically in case you need it for inspiration. <laughs> uh, that's only a 10. Uh, so I'll take that inspiration. How much, uh, what was that, a D8? Okay. That's, uh, I think it's a D12 now. Let me double check yeah. that real quick. Yeah. That's, uh, 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 yeah, D12. Yeah, because he went full bard. Because I'm a bard. All right. That makes it a 17 total. Nice. Nice. Different. Um, the wave binder looks over. Um, to Corella Reefheart. Reefheart floats up from the throne and kind of floats towards you and in a very kind of like high-pitched voice. We are aware of your kind, Master Spot. While we know that your affinity for such environments is not your preferred. However, if all you ask for is passage to the Vale... And that favor has already been granted. What favor could you grant us for access to the lower keeper's vaults if it is information that you seek? I can offer information in exchange. It's like information myself. I am a chef among my people of no mean skill. I know that uh, we will be on the surface for some time. I can, uh, get, I can introduce you to dishes that... Uh, many among my kind find absolutely wondrous with the intended effects. I can give you history of my people. I can, if there are any here that you are unable to communicate with using your methods, I am a linguist of, again, no mean prowess. I can. What does it mean to be this word you used? A chef. I prepare food. Pre ah, prepare of sustenance. Yes. Fascinating. We grant you access to our vault as long as you write us what your people call it a cookbook 
of your foods and your preparation methods. And we shall add this to our reliquary and our vaults so that others may learn of how tabaxi cook upon the surface. May I make one a, uh, a point beforehand? My methods must require the presence of air. I have little experience cooking underwater. I have ideas, but they are not, I have not uh, practiced them. Very well. Based on these special instructions, we will provide you with a place that requires what your needs are. Just Spock just kind of bows out and uh, awkwardly swims back to the group. The lore keeper um, guides herself back over to her throne. And finally, Sibo looks over at Puck. Um, as you start swimming forward, Sibo grabs your hand. Um, I know we really haven't had a lot of time to talk since everything kind of happened. I just, I really want to let you know, Buck. I'm really happy that you and your friends made it to know much. Your intervention and your compassion for your own kind, as well as those that you meet along the way, is not unknown to me. I am an old woman, and I don't always understand things that go on. But be cautious in the favor that you ask, Buck. They're very literal people. Sometimes if they don't understand what you want, they may simply just say no. Not because they are offended or do not wish you to have such a favor, but they may not understand you. And you're a very playful creature. And just be cautious. Be careful. Thank you, Zebo. And I owe you every bit of kindness. You saved me as I was a stranger, and you brought me back. And I will always be appreciative of that. I understand. She kind of leans down, gives you like a little kiss on the cheek, and she just kind of gently guides you towards the council chamber or the where the five thrones are. Hi. You watch, they're all sitting and like, I mean, little, little puck, you know, is at the dais of these seven foot tall, long, lanky merfolk are just kind of very much as Peroni described, looking down as if they're looking at a pile of shit. Not that that's what they mean to look like. It's just their nature, the way they, you know, as Peroni described it. Puck is used to it. It's fine. Oh, that does make me a little sad. Um... I am a traveler of the natural world, and as a recent a traveler of the unnatural world, I, like you, am on an endless quest of understanding, and I would love to try to learn from what you know and what you understand in the traveling of your great city and of your lighthouse, which we hope to 
un- uh, understand and <laughs> travel. Uh, <laughs> I'm still playing in the background if you need it, okay? Yeah, you still got the spot, <laughs> I'm yeah. still back here. And now I might be playing like... Do, 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 do. <laughs> And we hope to have access to your understanding of these travels, including that of the lighthouse. Uh, And in return, I can offer you sight as it pertains to the to uh, the. Uh, magical map that I possess and I can offer you a promise that when we reach beyond the veil to the secondary source of the beacon we will act as your eyes as well and provide you with the knowledge that we find the pearl we are the Wavebinder, the leader of the council, swims forward to you and leans down to look at you close in the eyes. And then leans up and away. No one has ever requested access to our lighthouse chamber. But I am intrigued. Can you show me this map? That you speak of. I can, but I request we uh, uh, a specific in, uh, point of interest in this map. Where we are now would be nice. Uh, okay, I open the map and I uh, show the location. Because watch as Puck. <laughs> Unfurls the map. The Wavebinder, in awe of its obvious magic and its brevity and, and its accuracy of where you guys are, and her head tilts. Well, what does that mean then? And Puck, as you look, two black splotches begin to appear in the council chamber. All of you begin to feel the chamber rattle and shudder. The ground begins to split open. I need everybody to roll for initiative, oh. please. Ooh. Ooh. What? What'd you do, Puck? And I didn't do anything, I promise. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, with that in mind, let me put in, get us an order. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh, oh, it's so (laughs) Get that cleaned up there. Get the proper mood music going. All right. Don't forget to put your initiative in your labels so I can sort you accordingly. Whoa, Puck, a 22? What? I don't know how 
Joker is so weird. No, I don't. Oh my god, you beat everybody. Yeah, Puck, you're up. And as the ground shatters open in the main chamber, these two like um, uh, underwater beasts <laughs> come uh, breaking through the fractured coral bottom, and their uh, their fang-like uh, visages spreading outward. And they begin to like just cover the entire area with their tentacles and their form. You watch as the uh, uh, the folks up by the throne, the merfolk, the merfolk guardians begin. Um, let me get you or all organized so it makes a little bit more sense. So I've got Xanath back here, and I've got. Wonder if this will help. Yeah, it does help a little. Um, got Peroni back behind the threshold. Got Earthen playing a passive tune. Sibo <laughs> is back here. You are up on the dais. Captain would be back here. And. No worries. And the wave binder alongside you. So when they arrive, they settle in the throne room. Um, because you pulled out your map, they don't get their surprise round. So we're in normal initiative. So Puck, you're up with the giant creatures on deck. Ooh, are we physically underwater? Yes, you are. So, kind of a technicality question. Can I use um, uh, Witch's Bolt, which is um, like an uh, electricity-based attack? Sure. It, sh it should still work fine. You get the feeling that fire damage, fire-based spells, fire-based anything, pistols, rifles, probably will not work underwater. Okay, but electricity feels like it would be okay. Yeah, as long as it's not like uh, a spell description where you have to be able to see a cloud or a storm kind of materializes. Anything, you know, um, technically, technically, if you guys didn't have the gills, you wouldn't be able to be verbal. But because you have the gills, you're technically allowed to be verbal. Phew. Okay. So I will uh, cast Witch's Bolt in the third level. Okay. And that's concentration. Uh, yep. It is. Uh, yes. Okay. Which one are you going after? Uh, the one that is closer to everybody else. This one right there. Okay. Roll for attack, correct? Ranged attack. Um, yes. For weights. You guys like how I put the schools of fish out there, too? Oh, oh cute. <laughs> I wish they could the move, but, you know, I'm they surprised don't. the first thing wasn't, I want to talk to the fish. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it, but then I was like, they don't seem reasonable. Gilbert, <laughs> <laughs> where are you? Wait, that sorry. Is. I haven't used this attack before. Uh, do I uh, press on 
because uh, this is damage. Ooh. I just want to make sure I'm doing it correctly. So it's in the Discord. So you make a ranged spell attack. A ranged spell attack. Um, I believe in the spell itself, it should let you just click on where it says the spell attack number in the spell. Uh, yeah, like where it's got the dice. If you click on uh, like where it's got under uh, to the right of Witch's Bolt, it'll say like range and all that. And then it's got the little highlight button with how many D whatever damage you're doing, how many dice damage. Click that. It should auto roll it for you. Uh, okay, so I did it once, and it was 19. Uh, 19 misses. You watch as the witch bolt <laughs> slams into the dense, rubbery hide of the creature, and it just fractures off its form. No effect. Damn. Um, can I use uh, my... Uh, movement uh, to move back towards the thrones. Anything you want to do with your bonus action? Um... Oh, actually... As a bonus action, I can do, um, I guess as like a crossbow expert attack, I can use my bonus action. Uh, when you use the attack action and attack with one-handed weapon, you can use a bonus action to attack with a hand crossbow you're holding. Yep. Is that you have correct? half the normal range. It'll be at disadvantage because you're underwater. Absolutely fair. Do you have the crossbow feet by chance? Uh, I have the crossbow, um, like, uh, expert feet. Okay, then you're good. It's a regular roll for you. Because oh, that I will know. give you advantage, disadvantage for being underwater. So it's a regular roll. Oh, nice. Okay, 29. Uh, 29 will definitely hit. Roll for damage. Dang. Uh, nine. Nine points of piercing damage. You watch as the crossbow bolt leaves a trail of bubbles as it like shoots through the water, sticks into the rubbery hide of the creature, a little contrail of yellow-green blood mm. kind of just leaking out of the wound. The creature, its huge uh, multifaceted mouth flies open and as a reaction this kind of like viscous oily uh fluid <laughs> covers the entirety of uh the the dais as a reaction um i need you to make a constitution save please puck Uh, seven. Seven. That'll fail as the acid of uh, of the inky oil kind of covers the entire dais. 
Um, you will take 31 points of acid damage, Damn. and it clings onto your body. And you get the feeling that if you don't take an action to wipe it off, it's going to continue to burn you. You immediately watch as one of the guards just disintegrates in the acid. Oh, no. The others begin to writhe around in pain from the acidic spray that covers the entire dais. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> So finish your turn? I believe so. All right, the creatures are up. This one is going to immediately launch into the dais. This one's going to move in the base with you guys. Uh, it is gonna, it gets six attacks. <laughs> the first two is going after wave binder. Both will hit. Um, okay. She needs to make a strength save. And there goes that dice. Uh, that'll fail. She is pulled up into its mouth. So she is currently being grappled and restrained up in the mouth. As a reaction, one of the merfolk steps forward and casts like this huge, thunderous gush of hurricane like water. <laughs> Like right into the creature. The creature will fail their strength save or wisdom save. Um, they immediately let Wavebinder go. She floats out of the creature's mouth. The creature will take 42 points of force damage from that. The creature's then going to attack. With its tail, it has a reach of 15 feet. So it is going to attack its tail on the mage that just cast, which the mage is one of the council members. Um, she is hit. All right. You watch as the tail of the creature comes out and this multi-barbed bone like ejects out of the tail. It literally just penetrates the center torso of the mage and out her back. And when the creature pulls the barb out, the entire um, mage merfolk is just split in half. And you My watch God. as her upper body floats one way and her lower body floats the other way. Gross. The mage was one of the members of the council? She was. Oh, no. Uh, that is three attacks. Um, it's going to use its other three. Um, there's a slam attack coming at you, Puck. That's going to miss with a 16. What's your armor class, Puck? Puck? Puck. You're mute. <laughs> 19. Oh, you were eating. That's why. Thank you. Um, and then two other separate attacks. Uh, one of the guardians is hit um, and immediately swallowed into the creature's gullet. Disappearing inside of the creature. That'll finish that one's turn. All right. 
before this attacks, can I uh, yell at the group? Are we uh, close enough that I can kind of say a thing? Yeah, you're all three together. Like, you're all... Like, the three of you are at the entry point. Sibo's off to the side. Uh, Peroni is just right outside the entry chamber. So the three of you are side by side. Because you were watching Puck interact with the Wavebinder. Mm-hmm. So the three of you are together. Okay, I just want to kind of yell at the, uh, the other people here. Just like, focus it on me. Focus it on me. Okay. Um, the creature's going to take two attacks on each of you. Mm, okay. Well, actually, two attacks coming at Earthen. Ow. That is a 19 and a 32. Oh. Uh, yeah, they both easily hit. Okay. Um, that's going to be uh, 28 points of force damage, uh, or bludgeoning damage, as it slams down into you. Yep. And then the the slime on its skin coats your body and begins to burn as you take uh, eight points of acid from the slime on its body. Ow. Two attacks coming at spot. Hang on a sec, because um, he has to beat my... Um, I, it's essentially Sanctuary. I believe it's a wisdom save of 17. Because yeah. um, you're trying to me. direct it away from Earthen and towards you? Yeah. Okay. So forcing it to have to make all of its remaining attacks on you? Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, I, I basically have Sanctuary, so it has to uh, be... I, it's a... I want to say that is a 17 plus zero. Okay, so that one will hit me. Well, I mean, he can hit me, essentially, but he still has to make a time. Well, he made, the, he made the wisdom save, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I believe it is wisdom save. It is a 17. I'm trying to find it here because it's kind of... It gets buried in all my other stuff. So there's two attacks. slam attacks coming at you. That is a 16 and a 32. The 32 will hit. Okay. That's going to be 19 points of force damage. You are now covered in the slime of the creature as well, as you take eight points of acid damage. Um, Xanath, there is a bite attack coming at you. All right. That is a 32. I keep rolling 17s. That'll Um, hit. Okay. Give me a strength save, please. All right. Okay, let's see. That's a 17? Or no, 17. yeah, 17. That will fail as you are grappled and pulled up into its mouth. Sweet. It rears back with you inside of its mouth. Uh, you will take 18 points of piercing damage. And give me a con save, please. All right. On save. Uh, 17. Uh, That will fail as well. You begin to feel the fangs pulse acid into your body as you take 31 points of acid damage. Okay. Uh, The tail strike is coming at SIBO. Um, That's 22. You watch a sheep and you watch this shield form up around Sibo, the tail uh, barb bouncing away from her form as she casts shield to prevent from getting hit. That will finish the bad guy's turn. Um, 
my god, is my... Hold on a sec. Nope, it's fine. Um, so with that in mind, um, Earthen, you are up with the council chamber on deck. All right. Uh, I'm going to make uh, an attack roll uh, okay. against the creature uh, okay. for a spell I'm going to cast. So. Okay. Here it comes. Yep. Uh, I'm going to burn a lucky point on that roll. <laughs> you know. I'm telling you, man, taking that lucky feat right. was is a real... Lucky's a great one, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a 25 to hit. 25 will hit. Okay, now I need him to roll a uh, Charisma 17 saving throw. Okay. That is a 16 minus 1, which is a 15. Hey. Um, so I just use plane shift, and he's gone on that note it'll burn one of its legendary resistances to avoid the effect of the spell oh <laughs> so that one is gone good strike though and i'll tell you this much because of their nature they each only have two legendary resistances so that one of them is now gone from this one <laughs> anything else you'd like to do Mm. By the way, you want to see what it looks like without the water? Very colorful. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's ooh the bubbles. I like the bubbles. Bubbles are fun. Mm -hmm. Um, let me see. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to uh, give uh, uh, Xanth uh, Bardic Inspiration. Okay. Thank that you. You have a D12. D12. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Do you want to move it all? Um, I mean, I'm in base with it, so if I go anywhere, it's going to hit me. Um, if it reacts to you, yeah. I mean, I can try and shuffle uh, to the side of it, like not, not getting out of base. You're just going, yeah. That way you can keep an eye on Puck. Yep. Okay. The council chamber is up. So Sibo, she's going to bring her hands together. And she grabs onto the slime. And you watch as the slime like burns her fingers. She's going to take six points of acid damage. But then you watch necrotic energy kind of crackle up the creature's form. It kind of like, and you watch as flakes of its skin peel away and start floating away from the form as it takes 39 points of necrotic damage, which means you are spat out and you float back down towards everybody else as you are no longer grappled and restrained by the creature. Uh, Peroni is going to charge into it and strike it with a staff. None of those will hit. The Merfolk Guardian will come up uh, by Wave Binder. He'll come into base as well. And I've already done their rolls because that way we don't have to slow down. Yes, um, you watch as the dais swarms into the base of the, with the. the the creature over by Puck. 
their weapons cracking across its form, arcane energies and necrotic energies coursing up and down as bits of its skin fall away. The creature kind of roaring in pain from the strikes. Um, that'll finish the council chamber's turn. So at the end of the council chamber's turn, um, this one is going to use all three of its legendary actions to bite at one of the other council members. How much damage did it take from that from their attacks? Um, combined, um, seventy-two points of damage. Thanks. Sweet. Um, he's going to react to one of the guardians. Came in. That is not going to be good. Strength save fails. This one gets swallowed into the belly. The other one is going to use its legendary actions, all three, to do a bite on... Let's go do a bite on Sibo. She did some significant damage to it. That's a 32. I can't believe how many 17s I've been rolling. <laughs> she does not make her strength save because her strength is horrible. She is now grappled and in the Sorry, process. I was of, muted. I was trying to. Uh, so I was muted before I could say it. Can I silvery barbs that attack roll yep. against her? That's an 18. That's just barely going to miss her. She is I'll not. Give her, I'll give grappled. her the advantage roll off of that. Okay. That'll finish their legendary action responses. The council's turn is over. Spot, you are up with Xanath on deck. Okay. Um, I'll probably should have spot that. Anyway. anyway. Okay. Um, I did want to clarify, how far away am I from the other creature? Oh, from the other one? Yeah. 10, 15, 20, 35. You are 35 feet away from it. Okay. For my action, uh, I'm going to cast... What is it? it Silent image. It's just going to be focused on my head. Um, and it's just going to be like uh, about three feet above me. And it's just fireworks, just bright lights to try to draw attention to me. Underwater sparklers. Hey, dummy, look at me. Hey, dummy, look at me. Just kind of yell <laughs> at it. Hey, hey, down here. I'm going to dash from where I am and try to like slide uh, into base with the other one. Just try to okay. distract it and get it to, to leap at the other one. As you dash away, it's going to take a tail swipe at you. Does it have to do that? It, does it still count? Does it still have to beat that 17? Because it's every turn. It's turn, turn uh, I basically have sanctuary every turn. It has to do that. Yeah, but remember, he saves if he rolls your the save or higher. Yeah, so he rolled a 17. So he beat that. Okay, I thought it was every turn. Yeah, well, this is uh, a this is just doing an attack of opportunity. Okay. Uh, that is going to be a twenty-eight. Okay. Take eighteen points of bludgeoning damage from the tail swipe, and take six points of acid damage from the slime as you get in the base with the other one. Uh, can I use an action to wipe the slime off of me? 
Uh, yeah, you can, if you want. I do have two actions. No, no, I don't have any one. Um, can I do that as a bonus action? Um, have you used a bonus action yet? No, I, I have two actions and, I have two actions and uh, one bonus action. How do you have two actions? Uh, I would say two attacks in combat. Right, you have one action with two attacks. Was, Your bonus action was to disengage? He didn't disengage. Or was that just attack. your move? He took the hit. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because you took the hit from the opportunity attack. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So you use your action to wipe off the slime. It takes a full action to wipe it off. That's fine. Cool. So all you have left is your bonus action. All right. I'm good until and unless they, uh, one of them wants to try attacking me again. And I did uh, apply my uh, my points from my from my brooch. So I've been kind okay. of keeping track of that. All righty. That'll finish your turn. Zenith, you are up. Then we'll be at the top of the second round. All right. Um, so I'm grappled, but I, can I still cast spells while You're grappled? Not. He dropped you. He dropped oh. you. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when she hit him, he dropped you, and you yeah, floated she back did a, She did a necrotic spell that did enough damage that it had to roll for concentration, and it failed, so it spat you out. And you're now back down on the ground. Oh, fabulous. Okay, well, in that case, as a bonus action, I will um, pop up my uh, Twilight Sanctuary. So I have a 30-foot radius sphere that lasts for a minute and grants temporary hit points. Um, so that'll be the bonus action. And then for the action, um, I'll just cast... Uh, I'll try casting harm on the guy right in front of me. Okay. Sanctuary, or that uh, first one was a spell? N no, so that's just an ability. Gotcha. Cool. All right. right. The, the cleric thing. Uh, that's right. The divinity or whatever? Yeah. Channel divinity. There it is. Channel divinity. Ah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know high level clerics all that well because, you know, I never get to play. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's a, it's a con save of 18. Oh, that is a 15. No fail. Oh, amazing. I roll, right. I rolled a, uh, I rolled a five. It has plus 10 on con. Oh, fab. Yeah. I was like, as I was doing it, I was like, ah, oh, he probably has pretty good con. All right. So strength and takes, con, that's their thing. So he takes 14 D six damage. Ooh, and ooh, ooh. His hit point maximum is reduced for an hour by the amount to the necrotic damage it took. So I'm just going to roll in the system. Oh, shit. Nice. Well, he's normally 800 hit points. Does that mean it reduces it down to the amount of points you do right now? No, no. It just reduces it, it by, by the amount. He's 800 oh, five, hit points yeah. by the amount. Okay, yeah, well, this is going to do nothing then, but that's 35 <laughs> points of damage to him. Well, I mean, he's already <laughs> taken almost over 100 points of damage in the first right. round. All right, so. that's, that's 35 points of damage to him, and his hit point maximum is reduced to 765 okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I don't want to get attacked, so I'll just well, stay keep right in mind, here. he already took a swipe at uh, uh, Spot, so it does oh. not have an attack of opportunity. Yeah. All right, let me, let me back up 30 feet then. Don't oh, back up 30 feet? Shit. Oh, wait, let me back up 20 feet. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many feet are I away? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> All 
right. Everybody, the help is on the other side. What's going on? <laughs> Let's go going? ahead and take our five minute break. And when we come back, we'll do the second half. All right. Can't believe it's an hour and a half already. What the heck? How'd that happen? Hey, baby doll. Watch your your little butt. Watch your little butt. Watch your little butt, please. Come in. Forgot I muted myself. Waiting on Puck, and then she will be up. What level are you guys now? 15 or 16. 16? 15, right? 15. Yeah, yeah. 15, 15. I couldn't remember where we were. Welcome to level 15 combat. Will there be a point where we do like level one combat, but we're level fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> but I All right. be- Top of the second round, Puck, you are up with I believe the bad guys on deck. Uh-huh. Okay, I need to use the action to uh, remove the slime. Okay. Port the like. Use the seawater to kind of, and it's weird because being in the water, you think the slime would just sloth off, but it's almost like a glue. And you have to, like, before it starts burning you again, you kind of wipe it off your form. Um, where am I located in this? You are right here. And technically, um, does she still concentrate on Witch Bowl or no, because it didn't take? Didn't hit. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you are right here. Okay. So I will. uh... I just love doing the animation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, can I use my move to try and get behind uh, one of the uh, chairs? Uh, could trigger attack of opportunity. Oh. Uh, can I use my bonus action then? I did. Hmm. Okay, so. Would it also uh, trigger uh, uh, opportunity attack if I use my bonus action with Expeditious Retreats? No, read Expeditious Retreat for me. I think that means you don't take the attack or doesn't get the attack of opportunity. This spell allows you to move at an incredible pace when you cast this spell and then as a bonus uh, action... On each of your turn until the spell ends, you can take the dash action. So is it an action for you to cast it, though? And it, then you can use it as a bonus action? Um, it's under bonus actions in, like, my spell list. Like, it's uh, when I go to the bonus action section, uh, it's 
It's all right. You're good. You cast it, and then as a bonus action, you can disengage. Correct? You can. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Uh, I'm gonna go uh, behind the furthest most uh, chair. Put you right there. But it's fine. I'll finish your turn. Uh, I guess technically I haven't used my movement because this, or is that too... (laughs) I'll have your movement, yeah. Um... Uh, okay. Can I prepare my, um, my Dominion weapon? (laughs) You guys watch as this arcane purple and black light flares over by, um, this is your first time using this, right? Yeah. Uh And then you watch as her right arm, her entire right arm turns into a massive, like, purple and black tentacle. Just kind of floating alongside her body. Oh, that, that looks evil, for sure. <laughs> purple and black tentacle, no, that's no, a no. thing, no, no. No, no, Let's give them a chance. <laughs> All right, that'll finish your turn as you summon your Dominion weapon. Um, the bad guys are up. Um, to successfully uh, get the attention of the other one? Uh, let's find out. Okay. Gotta make a wisdom save. Uh, 13 plus 0. It is gonna make all of its attacks on you. As you attract it. So that means I've got how many council members left? I've got four council members left. No, three council members left. And the captain. Remember, it has to beat a 17 before it can actually target me. Oh, wait. Okay. So you don't want it to attack you. It's not bad. <laughs> it's basically my... my it, I'm trying to... I'm confused because it, it sounds like you're trying to do something, but I'm not really sure what you're trying to do. I'm basically trying to play two different things off of each other. Like, I'm trying to distract it, but also make it kind of confused because... Um, Essentially, it's trying to target me, but because of the effect of sanctuary, it kind of can't. So, it ha- so I'm, I want it to focus on me, but fail. Essentially. Okay, so if it can't focus on you, it's going to shift to a new target. Like it, it can't. It's it, like I, 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 I get you. Um, I, <laughs> I an idea for not not the one that you're currently talking about. The one. So what? What? Here. So are you using two spell effects? Is that what you're doing? No, I only have the one active. Um, okay, so the one spell effect is you've cast Sanctuary, right? Well, it's Tranquility. It's, it's an innate thing for my for my monkeyness. All right, well, um, read it for me so I know how to interpret it, because I'm getting a little confused. All it is is um, I have the effect of Sanctuary, but it's not um, like an active thing. It's, um, it's not an actual spell. It's a passive ability, yeah, it's a passive ability. that you have, yeah. which is Tranquility, which is yeah. if it targets you... It's got to make a 17 or higher wisdom save to target you. If it fails, it can't target you and it has to shift to a different target. Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. So it turned on you, but because of your sparkler effect, it immediately tried to target you, which it then failed to target you. So it's then going to shift 
back. I don't, to the I don't know what its intelligence is because I'm kind of shoot you a, a PM in Discord to kind of explain what my goal was if I'm not overthinking it. But yeah, it's like it, it, this is more for the other creature, not the, the one we're dealing with in this exact second. Yeah, because like if, if, if it if it works like um, sanctuary. But yet you use the illusion to attract him. That's why he targeted you. Now, because he failed his wisdom save, he's not going to target you. He's going to shift to a different target. Am I doing that right? Yeah, yeah. So it's me trying to get their attention. And like I said, I, I have an idea for a thing, but I'm going to shoot you at PM because it, it's... Okay. So it's going to shift to the captain of the guard and make four attacks, four bludgeoning attacks. Oh dear. Uh, one of those is a natural 20 and one will miss and the other two will hit. So that is going to be find him in this mess. Where is he? Uh, that's not him. Is this him? Yes, that's him. He will be knocked unconscious. So he goes down. There is a bite coming at the priestess. That will miss. There's another bludgeoning attack. Three, four, five, two bludgeoning attacks at the Wavebinder. One will miss, one will hit. She'll make her strength save. Take 31 points of piercing damage with the acid. And then this guy's going to get the stinger. Oof. That's a natural 20 with the stinger. And this is. Where is it? That's the guard. Yeah, the guard is unconscious. I think I deleted one of the merfolk by mistake. Hold on one sec. Well, you killed one and swallowed one for sure. Oh, that's right. The other one got swallowed. That's where it went. That's where those two went. Okay. So the priestess got swallowed and the mage got killed. Yep. Mage so, is in two pieces floating around the battlefield. Yeah. So the master tradesman is bifurcated and killed as well from the tail. That will finish that one. Coming over to this one. The Sibo will take a bite. That will, yeah, that will definitely hit. 32. She will fail, and she is currently inside of its gullet. Three attacks coming at Peroni. Jesus Christ, what's with the natural 20s today? Killing me, Smalls. I'll uh, I'll silvery barbs the nat twenty. Okay, that will turn into a miss. So only two hits. He will take forty-two points of 
bludgeoning and acid damage. Um, Earthen, you have a bludgeoning and tail strike coming at you. Ouch. First, the blood. The bludgeoning is a nineteen. Yep, it hits. Okay, and then the tail strike. Uh, tail strike is a nineteen as well. I rolled a four. Um, bludgeoning is so 19. real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at my last. Lo- I got one lucky point left. I uh, just you want to re-roll uh, the tail? Uh, well, it says uh, one of you. Uh, you can choose to spend. Hang on, shit! I gotta open the thing up. Sorry. Uh, you can also spend a lucky point when attack rolls made against you. Roll a d20 and then choose whether the attack uses the attacker's roll or yours. So I would use my last point. I would roll a d20 and it has to use what I roll. If I read that right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So you want him to re-roll one of the hits, no. right? Yeah, I, but I roll the, I roll the, the next one. I roll the, the the lucky one back. Okay. Uh, that's a three. A three plus fifteen is an eighteen. Okay, well, I still hits. I thought, what's your armor class? <laughs> My armor class is crap. Twelve. Twelve? Do yeah. you even wear armor? No, I'm usually far away from everything. Yeah, that's gonna be a yeah. hit. Uh, give yeah, me a con save on the tail, if you Ooh. would, please. Don't be cut in half. Don't be cut in half. <laughs> That's uh, five. Five. So um, you took the bludgeoning damage already, correct? Uh, no, um, sorry. What was the bludgeoning damage? I'm, uh, bludgeoning damage was 19 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Plus six points of acid damage. Okay. From the slime skin. Yep. Um, you also got hit by the, by the barbed tail. Yep. So that's going to be 18 points of piercing damage. Yep. I'm down. And... 41 points of acid damage. Oh, I'm down, down. Yeah. Okay. You are currently unconscious as well. Is he within 30 feet of me? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 feet away. Dang. All right. I told you. (laughs) I couldn't stay 15 because he's got a 15-foot range on the tail attack. Yep, it does. Yeah. You've got armor. <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter. This guy's crazy. <laughs> okay, let's just All right, let me read what Okay, so that's my confusion. The um what you're distracting them with mm-hmm. is just an illusion, right? Yeah, it's it's not doing it. It's just an illusion above my head. Right. It which which means it's not challenging them is the problem. If if you were distracting them with something that forced them to have to be distracted by it, then their you know, low whiz, low intelligence would be in your favor. But they, they're so dumb, they don't even know what that means. Like, they don't even know what they're looking at. All they know is every time they try to attack you, some magical barrier around them convinces them either to continue to attack you or attack a different target based on Sanctuary. Yeah. All right. Does that make sense? Uh, though? I get it. I was uh, I was hoping that they were at least smart enough to to realize that the the kitty person with the fireworks above his head was you know. I think They're not even smart enough to realize what, that you're nothing more than food. 
<laughs> All right, it was worth a shot. All right, the second one is done. So, Earthen, give me a death save, please. Yep. Uh, that's a two. Two, that's one failure. Yep. Um, however, the council chamber is up with spot on deck. So, Peroni's going to shift over. He's going to put his hands into your pocket. And with an action, do you have any healing potions? Yes, I have a greater healing potion. He will I was ready to drink that on my turn, too. Right. He <laughs> like he sees it in your loose yeah. fingers, takes it, yeah. and pours it down your gullet. Right. So you can go ahead and roll. I think that's 44. 4d4 plus 4. four. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two ones and two fours. So that's nice. 10, 14, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you come back to consciousness as Peroni pours it down your gullet. You all watch as the creature is momentarily still for a moment and then disappears. And there you watch um, uh, as Sibo is standing there covered in acidic slime, barely looking like she's alive, but she's maintaining concentration as she casts banishment on the creature. And I decided not to burn a legendary resistance for this one. Because uh, <laughs> now she's concentrating on it. She's going to take damage. Because she is covered in acid. Yep. All right. Um, and she used her action to get rid of the creature. Um, the rest of the council chamber. The wave binder is going to take uh, three attacks with the trident. Those two will hit for 46 points of damage. The Swallowed Victim does not get regurgitated. Um, this one's going to try to move away, which will trigger an attack of opportunity. Be hit. King 29 points of damage. Then turn and fire its crossbow three times at the creature. Two will hit for 28 points of piercing damage. Um, this one has to make a death saving throw. That will be one success. I will finish the council's turn. Spot, you are up with Xanath on deck. All right, I'm going to take a look and just like, ah, shit. My, my fireworks didn't work as I wanted. Well, there's not much point in this now. So I'm going to attack the uh, the one that I'm in base with, with the Kraken's Revenge. Okay. So. All right, that is a 14, so I assume that does not hit. That does not hit. It bounces off its rubbery hide. Okay, I will use my second attack to try to do the same thing. Okay. That is a 23. Uh, 23 will just barely hit. Okay, so let me roll damage. This is kind of weird because I have to add stuff in there. So give me yep. a sec. All right, 
I only dealt, uh, I think, nine damage to it, so that was kind of wasted. Um, unfortunately, I did not crit on that. But uh, can I run up to uh, uh, how how tall is this creature, basically? Um, it's about twenty five feet tall. Okay, I want to run up its spine and try to get like where I think its brain, for lack of a better term, would be. Uh, give me a uh, give me a medical check. No, give me a nature check. Oh, because it's coming in the goo. Uh, that is a ten. Or that was a, I'm sorry, that was a different. Thing. No, no, no. I, I apologize. That was just a ten. Okay. Um, yeah, you have no idea where its brain might be. Um, are you running up the length of the, the creature's body? I'm running up its back. Um, okay. Uh, give me a con save as you do that. Okay. Con. I do want to check this uh, thing. On, ooh, okay. That is an eighteen. 18, that'll fail. You take 12 points of acid damage and you are now covered in its bodily slime. Okay. Am I at kind of, I, I know you can't see it, but kind of right behind where the tentacles pop out on the model? That's yeah, I think, I, that, I think that's fair to say. You'd be up on its head. Okay. So I'm going to use my bonus action for flurry uh, of blows. So Go I get to it. attack it. Yeah, I get to So first one to hit. That's only a 12. That'll miss. Do you want to check one thing? Oh, ignore that last roll. Apologies. It's been that. Ah, damn it. All right. Now they both miss. All right. Okay. So you guys watch as... Uh, Spot goes running up the back of the worm's creature, seeing the slime oil kind of cover him. He gets up to the top and he tries to like strike down into the creature's head, but its mandible tentacles kind of like flop back, kind of like blocking him at the same time. But he's definitely got its attention by being up there at this point. You can see that Sibo successfully banished the one that she was kind of swallowed by, but she looks rough and she's covered in the stomach acid of the creature. Um, uh, Earthen is currently um, conscious as Peroni is like trying to get him back up on his feet. Most of the council members are, are, are either consumed or dead as just a couple of the remaining council members appear to be surviving on the chamber. Um, Zanith, you are up with the third round waiting for us. What would you like to do? All right. I guess first is Sibo within 30 feet of me right now. Yes, she is. So she could take, she gets temp HP at the end of her last turn. Okay. Which would be how much? I will quickly roll. That is 1d6 plus 15. Nice. Okay. So that's 17 temp HP. She will take that. Um, and then I will run 30 feet forward, like towards the, the other guy. Okay. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Put you right there. And then I, I guess in terms of council members, uh, is there anyone I can actually help or is everyone like bisected? Or uh, most of them seem to be the dead, state? including the captain and the guard. Well, 
The captain and two of the uh, the captain uh, is currently unconscious um, and prone. You get the feeling that he's in the process of dying. Wavebinder is here. The uh, one um, that's near Puck um, is uh, Stormfin, the master of trades. Um, and he's still up. He is still up. So Wavebinder, okay. Stormfin, and Joe Run are the only three that you could still see. Uh, you know at least two of the other council, or three of the, one council member was killed, the other two were swallowed. And you could see okay. the like visceral remains of the guards, like the kind of ceremonial guards that were here. What's your passive perception? Uh, uh, 25. Holy shit, that's actually really good. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Now that you move closer, to the dais between these two thrones right here let me turn on the light between these two thrones mm -hmm. you make out a shift in the water that that's almost like a silhouette like uh, somebody's there in between those two thrones oh interesting um i will uh I'll cast Fairy Fire where I think that person is. Nice. Because they're invisible, they get advantage on this. Um, fairy Fire, is that a ranged attack or a save? It's a ranged... Well, it's a ranged attack. The attack save is dex 18. So, go ahead oh, so and... I, it's an attack roll that I yeah, make. Yeah, okay. but because your target's invisible, you have a disadvantage on this roll. This says any attack roll against the affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. All right, then. I stand corrected. Regular okay. attack. Okay. That's a... Well, what do I add to it? My spell attack? Yep, your spell attack modifier. Okay, so that would be a 26. That'll definitely hit. As it hits... <laughs> The silhouette of a merfolk. Although he's still invisible, he is lit up with fairy fire, causing his invisibility to drop and floating in between the two thrones. You see. Um, I'll just reuse this. Oh, wait, no, I have others. Sorry. Where are you? Humanoid? Nope, it's monster. I don't know why they put him in monstrous. That doesn't feel appropriate to me. In between the two thrones, floating there with um, an object in each hand, you can see energy running from each hand towards where the one creature is and over towards where the other creature used to be is Bluefin. Brightfin? Or Brightfin, sorry. It's Brighton! Get him! Son of a bitch. All right, and that'll end my turn. That'll end your turn. Uh, top of the third round. Uh, Puck, you are up with the creatures on deck. Uh, to confirm, Brighton, bad guy? We think so, yeah. Looks bad to me. It looks like he's controlling these creatures. That he snuck in here. 
and then brought two of these bestial creatures into existence. Uh, you can see the contrails of energy coming from each one of his hands, and he's concentrating on the creatures. But his left hand goes numb and limp as it gets banished, so the remaining of his concentration is focused on the one that's still here. And he seems to be almost puppeteering it to a certain degree. I'm going to try and cast Witch's Bolt on him. To hit him with a witch's bolt. Yeah. Your fancy arm tentacle. Come on. Uh, just summoned it, you know. It's, it's true. It's true. Uh, I got sixteen. Uh, sixteen will hit. Uh, Brightfin does not have a high armor class. <laughs> Probably higher than mine. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be thirty-two. Thirty-two points of damage. Dang. <laughs> I used the good one on him. Uh, he maintains concentration. So you used Witch Bolt on him? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're currently concentrating on that. That was your attack action. You still have your bonus action and your move. Um... Uh, as my bonus action, I will Misty Step um, towards him. Uh, he's 20 feet away. Do you want to get in base with him? Uh, yes. Okay. Your tentacle arm kind of drags with you as you Misty Step right into base with, the, with him. Uh, and then, if that was my bonus action, can I have my move be my tentacle arm just kind of uh, binding him in any way or just going around him? No, that's an action to be able to do that. <laughs> that's fair. You could wave it ominously, though. <laughs> <laughs> Can my move be waving it ominously and looking generally horrifying? <laughs> sure, give me an intimidation check as you do that. <laughs> Uh, 15. I mean, you definitely has his attention. Number one, you struck him with Witch Bolt. And now you've moved <laughs> into base with him. And, <laughs> and, you, and you have a tentacle arm <laughs> that you're about to strike him with. He's You've got his full attention. Great. Yes, the hat. I love it. <laughs> that was a good excuse to break up a gay squid hat. <laughs> You, you don't need do an excuse for that. That's, you that's gotta do the Squidward cool. laugh now. SpongeBob, you're a fool, SpongeBob. You and Patrick always eating my garden bushes. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna find a clarinet and start start badly <laughs> clarinet. Yeah, I used to watch. Uh, that was my oldest son all the time. We loved it. Anyway, all right. Like 16 seasons, too. Um, since you are standing on it, it is going to try to do a tail strike on you, Spot. Okay. It is going to be a 25. That will hit. That is going to be 28 points of piercing damage, uh, which is max for it, because it's 2d12 
Uh, plus four. Um, go ahead and give me a con save, please. I'm checking up one thing. This is oh, usually okay, when you should that. be checking your reactions. <laughs> I was thinking of something else, but yeah. Uh, 28, and I need to do a con save? Correct. Okay. I, got, I had to do math while thinking about my future move here. So give me one second. Uh, that is a 14 con save. Uh, that will fail. That is 10d6. Whew. 10d6 plus 12 is going to be 36, 48 points of acid damage. Well, at least that's easy math on my uh, thing over here. Okay, cool. All right, here you go. It is going... Wait, I forgot. You still have Sanctuary. No, uh, I don't because I made an attack. Oh, gotcha. So whenever you attack, it drops. Gotcha. Yeah. Once, once I, I make, once I target another creature, uh, it, it, yeah. It, it is going spell. to. It is going to coup de gras with one attack, the one that is unconscious, because Brightfin has been revealed. It's then going to use four remaining attacks on Wavebinder. She is the most powerful one near him. Um, that is going to be three hits. That is going to be 42 points of bludgeoning damage. And she is knocked unconscious. Um, leaving this guy, but I don't... 5, 10, 15, 20 feet away. So it is going to move forward a bit and then while you're on its head spot you suddenly feel the gravity kind of like zero out from underneath you you cling on to the slimy body as it goes in to take a bite towards the tradesman that's right because four bludgeoning one tail one bite would that would that technically trigger an attack of opportunity or no because I'm on it no because you're on it yeah. Um, it is covered in slime. Give me a dex save, even though I know you're pretty high dex. Yeah. Actually, get advantage on dex. Save. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a 27. You dig your nails into the blubbery meat and skin of the creature, kind of like holding onto it. As it lurches forward, you feel the bite of its head go down towards the tradesman, scoops him up in his mouth. And you watch as he's terrified and then like slurped into the gullet of the creature. When did, uh, I'm on the back of its neck. Can I try to like grab its, uh, the guy's leg as he goes into his mouth? Yeah, go for it. Give me, um, this is going to feel like athletics to me. Give me an athletics. A leg? Does he have a leg? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I didn't really have a leg. I mean, you could grab his, grab tail. his tail fit as he's being slurped down like sushi. You, you knew what I meant. Athletics or acrobatics, because I, I figure both of those are kind of. Um, yeah, either or. I'm okay with that. Uh, that is a 19. 19. Um, you grab onto the fin so it's in the gullet of the creature, but doesn't get swallowed. So you prevent it from getting swallowed, but now you're holding onto it 
holding onto the head of the creature as the creature's like writhing around. It can't quite swallow and it can't quite get you off of its head. <laughs> so I'm seeing here is he's distracted and choking, right? Yeah, kind right? of. Right? Choking on a fishbone. Um that will finish the creature's turn. Earthen, you are up with spot on deck. <sighs> okay. And Brightfin is concentrating on the creature. Yep. I'm gonna use my half my movement to stand up or to whatever, right myself rather. Since we're in the water. This is true. Technically you uh, are in the water. And you know what? Uh Yeah, I'm gonna cast Feeble Mind on uh, Brightfin. Nice. The 17 intelligence uh, save, right? Intelligence save, yeah. I rolled a five and a three. Ooh, because he's got advantage on spell saves. That yep. is going to fail. He has a one intelligence and a one charisma, which basically uh, he becomes thirty days. <laughs> yeah, he basically just becomes. Stupid and feebled. Um, Puck, as he goes limp and just staring off at the creature, both of the statues, like the little figures in his hand, fall from his hand and land on the ground. You watch as the energy controlling the one in front of you kind of like separates. And now the creature is no longer under anybody's control. Yeah. Can I try to talk to the creature? During your turn, yeah, you oh. can. Okay. <laughs> right. so, yeah, with my bonus action. Let's see. I'm just going to move. Yeah, I'm going to move. Um, that thing's got a 15-foot reach, right? Correct. Okay. I'm going to kind of move uh, to where I would be out of its reach, but as close as I can to all the other merfolk. It's so in the like center moving. of the dais, so there's there's Wavebinder, who's unconscious, and no other merfolk on the dais. Okay. So I want to approach it, uh, but be 20 feet away from it. So approach the thi- the guy, not no the the worm thing, but stay twenty feet away from it. Right, five, yeah. ten, fifteen, twenty. So that puts you right there. Okay. So that's your I, action, your bonus action, your move, or do you have a bonus action left? Uh, I'm going to use a healing word on myself for bonus action. Okay. And then, uh, can I get some of them temp HPs? Yeah, you got twenty one temp HP. Nice. I rolled a six. <laughs> <laughs> that'll finish your turn, Arthur? Yeah, that'll finish my turn. Let me get the okay. Um, the council chamber is up. Um, death save for Wavebinder. That's one success. Peroni is going to move towards Sibo. Reaction from Sibo. She's going to hand a healing potion to Peroni. He is then going to 
move his last 20 feet, and then dash over to the wave binder. And as a bonus action, oh no, he can't. It's got to be an action. I'll have to wait till his next turn to give her healing. Sibo um, is currently can't concentrate on the other beastie. She is going to get out of range and move here. So she's not harmed. She's going to take her action to wipe off the slime. Um, but she does have to make a concentration check because uh, she would have taken acid damage during the creature's turn. That's 22. She maintains concentration. Nice. So she is good. Um, there is no one left alive except for Brightfin and the Wavebinder, but Brightfin is now basically stupid and unable to talk or move. Um, I guess he could move, he just can't do anything because he's feeble-minded from the spell. Um, now finish the Council Chamber's turn. Spot, you're up with Xanath on deck. Okay, um, I want to ask this beforehand. Yeah, I, I do have the... Uh brooch equipped, uh, so I, I've been applying that. Um, is there any way I can transfer some of it to the guy when it applies to uh, applies some of those points to the guy that I'm trying, that I'm holding on to the creature's mouth? No, it's got to be around the neck of the user. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. Alright, I'm going to try to pull him out of uh, the creature's mouth. Alright, that'll take an action. Uh, okay. Give me a athletics or acrobatics. Definitely acrobatics. Uh, 18. 18. Very nearly yeah. a 34, but no, it had to flip over at the last second. Uh, <laughs> let me put him in. And what happens? Fly mode. He pull him up onto the back of the worm. The two of you are up there together. Pull him out of its gullet. You still have your bonus action and your move. Um, can I use my bonus action to stabilize him, or is that... Not He's not unconscious. He was just getting swallowed. Oh, okay. I thought he was unconscious. My no, had he been swallowed, he'd be in the stomach acid okay. during the beginning of his turn, and he'd have to make a con save or take uh, 10d12 acid damage. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So, uh, and... Or do similar. So... I may as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to flurry of blows him again. Um, yeah, because I can't really. I've used my action, so I can't do that. Go for I it. as well try to do a little bit of damage to him. So, right. Okay, first one is a 23. Uh, that one will hit. Barely hit. I'm That's what they see. I'm just going to roll both of them at the same time. Go for it. Uh, the other is a 20. So one hit. So one hits. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. Uh, give me one second because I got to roll an extra dice because that's how much stupid Quicksilver things work. Nine. Ooh, not bad. Uh, that is 17 damage. I'm sorry, 14 damage. I can bat. 14 damage. All right. Do you want to move it all? Um, I'm good where I am right now. Um, uh, yeah, I've already applied my. Uh, my points there, so, alright, let me know what, uh, I need to roll a con save because of the acid, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Ooh, yay, that is a 25. Alright, you take no acid damage from the slime since you saved. That'll finish your turn? Yep. Alright, Zenith, you're up, that'll be at the top of the fourth round. 
All right. Um, and was uh, was Spot within 30 feet of me? I know he's pretty high up in the air. Yeah, unfortunately, he's 5, 10, 15, 20 feet away, but he's 25 feet up in the air. So he's 45 feet from you. Well, it's a radius. It's like a sphere. So if he's like... Well, he's 45 so is he feet away. diagonally 30 out from me? Pythagorean theorem. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Um, I'll say 20, fairly. 20, 25. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think he's in range, but we can do the math real quick. Yeah, let's do the math real quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll say he's just in the edge of range, so you can give him temp if you want. All right, I'll give him some temp. All right, that's uh, 18 temp HP to spot. All right. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to... Technically, he's 32.0156 feet away. It's <laughs> not the time for a rules lawyer. <laughs> I will round down. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to run up to the snake and try and cast Contagion. Ooh. I have to touch it to cast it. Yeah, take five points of acid damage for touching it. All right. Uh, it's got to make a con save, right? You touch uh, the butt. It actually is an attack roll. Oh, okay. Make an attack roll. Well, so... Let's but see. I think you get your spell attack yeah. modifier. Yes. Okay. All right. Come on. That's an 11 plus 12 is a 23. Yeah, it's a see. You just barely hit it. You put yes. your hands up into the mucus and slime, and you pour contagion into its form. Okay. Um, so I have a number of different effects that I can do. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast Slimy Doom. Oh. Slimy Doom. Um yeah. The creature begins to bleed uncontrollably. The creature has disadvantage on con checks and con saving throws. And anytime they take damage, they're stunned until the end of uh, their turn. Is this something you have to concentrate on? Uh, no. But wow. he rolls, he'll roll saves. At the end of um, each turn against? Against uh, my con save, which is 18. So he has to roll. If he rolls 18 plus three times, then he's free. But he's currently at disadvantage, though, correct? From the spell effect? And he is at disadvantage right now, which I... Yeah. yeah. Damn. Do you do any damage? It doesn't do any damage. Okay. You definitely made it a hell of a lot weaker, that is for sure. Sweet. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that's the end of my turn, because I can't do another spell. So yep. I can't do, like, a healing word. All right. That will. Do you have any cantrips? I don't know. Do do paladins get cantrips? Well, I'm a I'm a cleric, but can oh, I do cleric. cantrips? I yep. think clerics have cantrips. You, have you click on them, it, it should tell you whether or not you have them. I, I do have cantrips. Can I? Oh no, but it's an action, not a bonus action. So remember, we changed that rule. Um, all oh. cantrips are bonus actions. Oh, yep. amazing! Well, let yeah. me throw let me throw a spare the dying at um. At Wavebinder, then. Okay, yeah, that'll work. All right. And then Peroni will get her, get her back up. 
Uh, that'll take us to the top of the fourth round. Puck, Peru you're survives. up. Uh, Puck, you're up with the creature on deck. And currently, Brightfin is just standing there, incapacitated, just looking at the ground. His tongue just kind of hanging out of his mouth, <laughs> not doing anything. You can also see the two statues, the two little tchotchkes um, on the ground on either side of them. And your Dominion weapon is currently out as well. Ooh, your Dominion weapon's out. Um, give me a charisma save, please. Uh, uh, that's a good sign. That doesn't bode ill for anything. So charismatic. <laughs> I'm not. It's 14. I know. 14. 14 um, is a good you role for feel you, compelled <laughs> to have to kill Brightfin. And you can hear a dissonant whisper in your mind. Absorb him for me. Now! Ah. Uh, okay. Take the attack roll with the Dominion weapon, please. Because you failed your charisma save. No! Wait, no! He said he will not compel me to do this. Gods lie all the time. God dang it. <laughs> I told you he was a bad guy. <laughs> I know he was just dark with a big eye and laughing evil. Yeah, so, well, it he, so with um, did I ever give you the stats? I got a one. I got a one. <laughs> <laughs> so as the tattoo, well, keep in mind you have advantage because he's incapacitated. That's not fair. I got a. <laughs> Plus, you have no knowledge that you're doing this because he is now taking over your will. Ugh. Okay, um, and actually, I didn't get the uh, the stats for. Okay, well, you're about to. So, roll uh, a d20. Plus 23. Um, which is higher, your charisma modifier or your dex modifier? <laughs> My dex modifier. Okay, roll a d20 and add your dex modifier. Oh no, that's really oh. big. <laughs> okay, 16 plus eight. So 24. You guys watch as this. Uh, necrotic tentacle wraps around the form of Brightfin. You then watch as black energy is kind of bleeding out of uh, Puck's eyes. Um, he has to make um, a wisdom save, I believe. <laughs> At least that didn't get touched. <laughs> um, that is going to be a 12, so that will fail. So, on a uh, whenever you strike with your Dominion weapon, the target has to make a DC 18 or higher wisdom save or its constitution drops to zero. If its constitution drops to zero, its hit points drop to zero. And at the end of your next turn, if it fails the final constitution, its soul is absorbed into the tentacle. Oh, no. <laughs> you get the equivalent um, uh, two d12 in regenerative hit points after you absorb the soul of the creature and you definitely feel compelled not. to keep doing this until you make a charisma save definitely oh, should have feeble-minded you instead <laughs> of <laughs> why didn't you right now i'm a monster okay um do I have any amount of control? Can I do anything? Or am I just being nope. used by Dominion at this point? That's all you can do is make uh, compelled attacks. <laughs> However, 
At the end of your turn, you're free to try to make another charisma save. Okay. But with each failure, it gets harder. That's rough. <laughs> um, can I do another charisma check then? If it's because I yeah, because it's the end of your turn. Because really, you're just compelled to attack with the dominion weapon. God, I am not charismatic. This is an eight. Uh, that will be your second failure. You guys notice that the blackened energy coming from Puck's eyes gets a little bit more intense. And you can see vapors of the form of the creature that she's enshr- like enshrouded with the tentacle begin to dissolve and slowly in the process of being absorbed by the tentacle. Puck, All right, that'll finish Puck's turn. Um, Brightfin can do absolutely nothing other than make a con save. And that will fail. Um, you get... Go ahead and roll 2d12 for me, Puck. Oh, no. 2d12 plus 4 as you absorb his soul. <gasps> huh. 17 plus 4. That's... that's 21 hit points. You get back. And you guys just, you just watch as almost like um, like Terminator style. <laughs> uh, Brightfin is just like being absorbed into a ball of energy. And you watch as a black necrotic explosion, very small. And you can see an eyeball floating in the black explosion. Little tentacles coming off of it. And everyone could just hear... <laughs> <laughs> as the soul like goes into like a coalescent kind of energy gets absorbed into Puck and you watch his Puck's eyes get a bit brighter and blacker with energy. Alright, that'll finish Puck's turn no. or that'll finish Brightfin's failed save. The creature is up. And it currently has disadvantage on con saves. So I'm realizing I did not interpret this this correctly. So really what it is is they're poisoned, which means disadvantage on attack and ability. And then if they fail three times, then they get the con thing. It is immune to poison. No. (laughs) No. It's immune to poison and acid. Well... What does that mean then? Does that mean that I just basically can't, even if they failed three times, I can't get the effect because he can't get poisoned? Correct. He can't fall okay. under that poison. All right. But we'll say as you're watching him, not like you touched him and your fingers burned from touching him and you're like waiting for the effect to kick in and you watch as he begins to squirm. But here's the thing. <clears throat> He's not under control anymore. So its mind has become completely feral due to lack of control. So, I am going to roll a d4. Ooh. It is going to attempt to escape over the edge of the platform. Oh. It's going to move randomly over here, bringing both Spot and the tradesman with him. Let go, you dumbass. (laughs) Um, And it is not going to make an attack as it is trying to flee. I'll finish its turn. Earthen, you're up with Spot on deck. Or with the council room on deck. Mm-hmm. 
Um. I'm going to. I'm gonna try. Okay, I'm gonna move closer to Puck. Okay. And, and I'm gonna cast. Uh, I wanna try casting Dispel Magic uh, at fifth level on Puck. Ooh, interesting. How close do you wanna get to Puck? Uh, well, it's 120 feet. I don't have to move any closer. Never mind. I got a good range on that. I'm sorry. I didn't pay attention okay. to the range. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay where I was. Sorry. Uh, I was thinking I had to move within 30 feet. It's 120 foot range. So fifth level, dispel magic. As you cast it, so burn the slot. Yep. You watch as the dispel just kind of fades around Puck. Puck, as you feel this imminent threat try to kill you, you just, without control, you turn to look at Earthen and you hear a dissonant voice in your mind. Consume his soul now! <gasps> so that will not affect her. Okay. Although you definitely got her attention. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Whoops. Yeah. Seeing that, um, I mean, I'm going to assume I, it's there's feral puck eyes, right? With like blacked over. It's just these, these just black energy pouring in starbursts out of her eyes. Well, yeah, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to start going back. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, whoops. Please run. I'm trying now. That didn't work. Myself. I that would work. I was trying to help you. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't do that. Anything else you want to do? No, that's all I've got. Yeah. Because actually, she was. Oh, actually, what's your, what's well, your question? Well, yeah. I would say question real quick. Well, if you want to go ahead, and then I had a question too. Well, so my question is since she filled you in on what Dominion is, you would recognize that she's no longer under her own control. Something else has control over her. Mm -hmm. um, she took and absorbed the soul of Brightfin. You heard, or she didn't say anything. She just turned towards you and just gave you a menacing look like she's about to advance towards where you are. Um, give me a religion check, if you would, please. That's a 17. You get the feeling she's under the a kind of like curse is what it feels like. It's a cursed effect, not a magical effect. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, as I'm fleeing, like, holy shit, you know, uh, it's, she's cursed. She's cursed. <laughs> like, that didn't work. She's cursed. She's cursed. And I'm like, <laughs> Kind of like playing Marco Polo at the swimming pool. Somebody gets too close to you. Yeah. You can't like pull on swim, so you're just kind of like flailing backwards. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll finish your turn. Yep, that finishes my turn. All right, Peroni will use. I was going to try and I was going to try and as my bonus action use my legend lore, but. Uh, you told me I already knew about it, so I'm like, okay, never mind. I it's not that it. you already knew about it, it's just that you 
she like confessed enough for you to make some religious yeah. kind of like insight on it and her sudden like behavioral shift get gives you that notion that something else is going on and because your dispel didn't work you get the feeling it's acting more like a curse yeah. than a magical effect well the legend though was going to be more for like what would uh what what like what would counter dominion kind of thing like what Ooh, you can save that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the opposite domain kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, Peroni will use his action. Um, Wayfinder will get up and immediately begin to flee the dais as well as Peroni along with her. Um, the tradesman I think that is um, Stormfin. Um, Stormfin, like, gives you a kiss on the cheek <laughs> spot. Oh, <laughs> And says, um, as fun as this would be, getting the fuck out of here. And he just, like, <laughs> swims off the back of the creature and down into the council chamber and then begins to swim... The remainder of his action, his dash action, out of the ch- towards the exit of the chamber. As Spock gets smooshed on the cheek, they just like over, call me. So that'll finish the council chamber's turn because there's really no one else alive. I mean, no guards have arrived yet because it's only been four rounds at this point. Um, and there's just floating merfolk pieces like all over the interior of the council chamber. Um, that'll finish the council chamber spot. You're up with Xanath on deck. All right. Uh, I'd like to try to communicate with uh, the creature I'm on just to see like, if it, if it has any intelligence. Like, um, you know, I, I have, uh, what, Tongue of the Sun and Moon, so they can understand a spoken language I can speak in. Give me an intelligence okay, save when you do that. An intelligence save. Ooh, a 22. You take no damage from the mental connection, but you get the feeling that it's a feral creature that no longer has any control over itself. You look over to see near Puck the two little figurines on the ground. As you tried to make that connection with the creature, one of the figurines kind of rattled on the ground and kind of moved and gyrated a bit. And then as soon as you felt the pain of the connection, you separate it, and then the figurine is no longer moving. Okay. You get the feeling that the only way to control this creature is through that those active figurines. Okay. Uh, I do want to clarify. I'm not trying to control it. I'm just trying to sense whether or not it is... It, yeah, it, like, it has no intelligence, no wisdom that, okay. that can speak a language. You get okay. the feeling that the only way to interact with it, instead of control, interact with it, feels like through the figurines. Okay. Um, bound to the figure. Uh, I'm going to brush myself off, get the, the goo off me. Okay. And um, You said I noticed that one of the figurines was, uh, was jiggling. Yeah, it was. And then when you separate the attempt to speak with the creature, mm-hmm. um, it stops moving. Okay. Um, I'm going to let go of the creature and uh, just try to swim down towards the figurine. Okay, that'll bring you right here where the figurine is. 
Anything else you want to do? Um, can I pick up the figurine? Or reach yeah, me? you reach down, you grab it, and it's in your hand. Okay. I assume I can't try to communicate again until my next turn? Yeah, until your next turn. Okay. Um, in that case, uh, well, buddy, stop. Okay. Get, um, get him. <laughs> you don't even know which can it is. Um, I'm just going to... Uh, is Puck close enough that I can try to communicate with her? Could certainly give it a go. I'm just going to kind of look at, uh, at Puck. Hey, hey, crime buddy, you, you okay up there? Just kind of try to... Yeah. Hi, Houdini. <laughs> yeah, you watch as Puck turns to look at you. Her eyes are just like black and her movements are very kind of like very forced and static and she just kind of stares at you. <laughs> you hear a, a, a voice in your head, Puck. Uh, that one will do fine too. Take it soul. It's me, it's like, crime buddy. Voice is like <laughs> echoing in your mind. Oh, no. I'll finish your turn. Okay. Yeah. All right, Zenith, you're up, and Puck is breaking your heart right now. Yeah. Uh, she is in a pit of darkness. Yeah. And it's getting harder to recognize her. And you're beginning to see the tentacle skin take over her like more and more. Um, you can see she is in the downward slope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, having seen that and hearing Earthen, you know, shout that it's a curse, I'm gonna run forward and just grab her arms and say, "Give her back!" And I'm gonna cast Greater Restoration, which can remove a curse. Okay. The so this is gonna be a contest. Item. So even though it's like a curse behavior. Um, as you grab onto her, um, Zenith, I need you to make a intelligence save, please. Um, okay, I am going to use resistance to give me an extra d4. Okay. Okay, that's 18. So that's a 22. DC was a 21. As you pass through this this mental (laughs) barrier wrapped around her mind, and you push through this necrotic energy, grabbing onto her small little shoulders and her like slimy tentacled arm. So, Puck, as a reaction, you lash out with the tentacles. So, roll a d20 and add your dex modifier to it, please. Regular roll this time. Okay, another one, another... Oh my god, it's a four. Ooh! Plus eight. So tentacle tries to wildly wrap around you. It's almost like a a bit of puck is still in there. And the tentacle is not moving, not able to get around you like it did with Brightfin. Um, You made it through the barrier around her. You... Grab onto her and you begin to pour your your divine energy mm-hmm. into her. And as you feel that divinity and you feel that spell, that greater restoration spell begin to flow into her, um, Puck, give me a charisma save, please. <laughs> With advantage because of greater restoration. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oof. A 13. 
Zenith, um, you and no, no, are you? No, 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 19, 19. Thank God. 19. 19. The second one. So you already had two failures. The first one was 15. The next one would have put it. Um, so your first one was your first failure at a DC 15. That was a failure. Your second one was a failure at an 18. And then your third one was a 19, but the DC is a 20. So, Ooh. Zenith, you're now in contest. You're holding on to her, mm-hmm. and you could feel this, this necrotic energy kind of just pulling at you, pulling at her. So at the end of your turn, you're in contest with trying to bring her out of this condition that she's in. Okay. All right. Yes. That'll take us up to the top of the fifth round. The creature, um, actually, Puck, because you're contested, go ahead and give me another charisma save, but regular, because the greater restoration was already done on you. For you to get another one, Zanath would have to do it again. But Zanath, you pick up on the greater restoration is helping Puck try to find herself in the darkness is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything at all I can do to increase my chances with this? Any uh, communication with it? Hey, Zan, the, the thing you're doing, uh, what mm. is the uh, what, what is it Good affecting? Like, um, is, is it a wisdom save? Is it... Um, it's actually like, rules is written, it's not a save at all. It just okay. happens automatically. Right. But you would recognize Spot that she's in a contest of the power and charisma of Dominion and her own ability to maintain her psychic connection to continue to use spells to try to bring Puck back is what it feels like. Try to I, I have an idea on my turn, but I'm just seeing what okay. kind of we need to apply it to. That's all. Can Puck, I- unfortunately. There's nothing you can do. This You're in the darkest space you've ever been in. Mm-hmm. And now you're almost like feeding off of all the lies of the world and all the lies you've ever been told. And it's making you more angry and more kind of wanting to lash out at everything around you. Now, can because... I, go ahead, what? Can I say something to a minion? You can certainly give it a try. If you kill any of them, I will personally murder your son. I'd say because you're in contest, mm-hmm. give me a intimidation or persuasion. Both will have different outcomes, but you're free to choose. <laughs> the thing about Puck is none of her social skills are very hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard. <laughs> you're, you're like the perfect person to get infected by a dark god. You really are. <laughs> Because that's what they look for, right? They look for the antisocial person, the perfect well, object. <laughs> okay, thirteen on intimidation. Yeah, you just you can't get through the psychic barrier that's warping and kind of swarming around you. You get the feeling that Dominion is sensing an opportunity at this point, and it's decided to strike now rather than wait. There's a sense that everything that's happening around you is giving it an opportunity. Shit. Can I still roll for charisma? Yep. End of your turn. Make a charisma save. D20 
DC's getting higher. I only have a plus two, so very soon it will be physically impossible. <laughs> Should I continue to? Now, because you're in greater, um, I'll say, well, this is a new round. So the, the effect that would have been on the previous round. So you got to wait for Xanath to do it again. So unfortunately, she can't give you any bonuses or advantages until her turn. But I wonder if, like, maybe we can stack you with some stuff. Like, I could give you guidance. If you have any reactions, like I don't, I don't have a reaction, so I'd have to wait till my turn. Um, give up this time around and wait for the next one. Maybe, maybe to not increase the DC. I would say there's a couple things you guys pick up on. Earthen, as dangerous as it might be, inspiration might help her. Xanath, you get the feeling concentration and another spell of greater restoration will definitely help her. Spot, you're intuitive enough to know that as you stare at her condition, this might be the last chance you guys have. Okay, I just shot After this round, so, it could be bad. So, uh, as a reaction, is it the like I can throw Bardic Inspiration or we just you need could. to pile it up this round? Uh, you could definitely throw Bardic Inspiration at her. I, w- I would be okay with that. Okay, so I, I whip out the loot and I just start playing. That's a D12, Puck. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like that spot. That actually works. So <laughs> That works? Yeah, that works. So I, at I the end... On my turn, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, if she does well, we may not eat it. So we'll see. So Puck, at the end of your turn... You barely hear a whisper of a familiar voice in your mind. And it's just, it's Earthen's voice. Earthen, what do you say to her to give her inspiration? Um, so, you know, like in, uh, in, in uh, Frozen, how Sven <laughs> sings in uh, the voice of um, the rain, or no, sorry. Kristoff sings in the voice of Sven. I'm yeah. singing in the voice of Puck, of uh, <laughs> uh, Punch. Right? Oh, punch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So many more gerbils to eat. Where would I be without thee? You just hear a voice in your head along that familiar voice of Earth and sounding like punch in your mind, bringing back memories of being on the road and traveling and being in the tavern, watching Spot get drunk, watching Spot play with Punch, and you're suddenly flooded with these memories that give you a D12 on top of your charisma save. Amazing. Can I still wait until my next turn to roll, or do I have to do it now? I'll say you could wait until Xanth kicks in as well. Sure. (laughs) So the creature is up. It's going to continue to escape. It will plunge off the edge of the platform and disappear, leaving everyone behind. Um, that will bring up Earthen. You're up with the with the um, chamber room on deck. Okay. Well, well, that inspiration. <laughs> uh, so, anything you think you could do to bolster? Spot and Xanath during their turns. This feels like one of those group moments. Yep, yep, yep. What's up, Houdini? 
I also still have an inspiration you gave me, so. Yep. Hmm. <sighs> Burn my highest spell slots. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, so I, I'm gonna approach them now, like go back towards them, uh, which I think will put me right in between everybody. Yep. Uh, 5, uh, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Uh, I'm going to. Well, let me ask if I, if I, I want to cast mass cure wounds and I'm also trying to convince, um, the, the council to assist with what's going on right now, because the merfolk are magical, innately magical people. They should be, you know, they were also just nearly wiped out. There's a sense of panic in the chamber for sure. So that, that's why I'm trying to do it with a mass cure wounds. I'm trying to try to pass to, to cast okay. mass wounds, right? And then with my bonus action, like, roll, like, try to persuade them to help us save our friend. Okay. Go for it. All right. So I'm going to get, hang on, let me get to this slot. That's 4d8, I think. Yeah. 4d8. All right. So mass cure wounds. And that will get, uh, that'll target the two merfolk, um, Peroni has not taken any damage yet. He's taken right. some acid damage, but not enough to like impair him. Yeah. So that's the two Murfo, the the traitor, the uh, what's his name? Yeah, Stormfin. Uh, that's also going to be Wavebinder. Okay. Um, I, I would say she's too far out of out of the way, is she? Or uh, uh, what's your range? It's thirty feet. Yeah, she purposely went out into the hallway to maintain concentration. Oh, 60, uh, sixty feet. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, 60. no, she's in range then. Yeah, she's oh, right at sixty sorry. feet. Okay, All right, so she's in, and then uh, so that's three uh, uh, plus myself is four. Uh, Xanth and um, uh, Spot. Okay. Because I don't think Puck took much damage at all, right? No, unfortunately. She got the 21 back. She got back from consuming Brightfin's soul. So, you know, sashimis and sushis. (laughs) Sorry, Brightfin, but you were. It's okay. He didn't know what happened. So, (laughs) yeah, he only had one one intelligence. So he was pretty out of it. Does that that mean that the minion is stuck talking to this thing for all eternity with one intelligence? (laughs) That's 18 hit points back for everybody. Okay. Awesome. Is it 18 back for everyone? Yep, 18 back. Amazing. And uh, do do I need to roll persuasion or? Uh, Free action, persuasion, and then verbalize. Okay, I was going to say, I mean, bonus action or whatever, because I've got my bonus action. Okay. I mean, okay, yeah, bonus action I, persuasion. Because I don't really have, to... uh, I don't have, I have really a bonus action I can do at this yeah, point. Yeah, go for it. And the point to is just to, to holler at the at the merfolk and Sibo, whoever, you know, we got to help Puck. Okay, yeah. give me a persuasion check. That's uh, twenty-four. Nice. As a reaction, I'm a bard, you know, both merfolk <laughs> will stop running, including Peroni. Um. So that'll finish your turn. Yep, that's it. Council yeah. chamber is up. So Sibo's going to come back in. The tradesman is going to move within range, and is going to bless everybody. Ooh, bless is such a fun spell. <laughs> um, 
Wave Binder's gonna flank off to the right. She taps her trident. <laughs> and you watch as a series of magical merfolk spirits start filling up the entire chamber. Um, oh, giving, she's gonna like eat the merfolk spirits, uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which is going to give everybody um, uh, advantage on any saves. And then, what can Sibo do? Sibo's going to move up alongside Peroni, and the two of them are just... You hear you hear a voice, Puck. It reminds you of Sibo, but it doesn't make sense because you've already been told to consume her soul. So whether it's her or not, she's trying to bolster your mind as she uses intellectual fortress on you. Peroni, realizing what she's done, is all of you hear Peroni whisper, except for Puck, she doesn't hear it, but all of you can hear Peroni kind of talk to Sibo. Sibo, this doesn't work. What do I do? Sibo pulls a small glass globe out of her belt. Throw this at her. No matter what happens, if she is uncontained, throw this at her. You watch as Peroni takes it and moves to stand behind and alongside Earthen. And that'll finish the council chamber's move. So, with Spot's turn coming up, Spot... What are you going to attempt to do? I want to grab Puck by the uh, mutated shoulder. Okay. And now, uh, in order for you to make your way through the barrier, I mm-hmm. need an intelligence save, please. Uh, oh, I get, you just said I get advantage on that as two, right? Uh, yes. Saves? Yep, for Bless. Well, no, Bless is a D4, right? Yeah, but something else is advantage on saves. Yeah, uh, oh, that was the spiritual merfolk. Okay, cool, cool. So you get an advantage on all saves. Ooh, okay, cool. That's a 24. What was Thank your first one? Nice. Oh my goodness. Did you roll both? Yes, I rolled both, yes. What was the other one? Like nine. Ooh, that would have been really bad. <laughs> it would have been um, a 14 with my bonus. <laughs> yeah, just... so once again, you now push through that psychic barrier that's up and around Puck. And as you get close to her, you grab onto the tentacle arm that's kind of like squirming alongside. Now, Puck, you already used your reaction, so you're not compelled to strike out at this other creature that's obviously trying to kill you as it steps up, and it's distorted. You can see it's 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 a skinless skeleton of a cat with its organs intertwined <sighs> out of its bones, fangs dripping, and you can see all sorts of wounds on your body from the creature already nearly killing you, which is like slowly just driving you mad, but you're, you're unable to like react to what the creature's doing to you. So what are you going to do spot? Okay. Um, I'm going to cast, I, I do want to confirm Puck, the, what you're trying to make a charisma save against him. Okay. I'm going to cast uh cat scratch fever or as it really is fate touched, just kind of look at Puck. Sorry. Uh, which give I'm going to give uh, Dominion disadvantage on charisma saves. Okay. All right. So 
I don't know. I don't think I actually have to do a physical attack, but I'm making contact with you. And for my, I don't. It, the DM will allow this. I want to reach into my robes and pull out uh, my tiny crime friends, little stuffed toy of the uh, the cat and mouse he gave me. I want to press it into Puck's hand, uh, like actual gnome hand. Just like, okay. I like that. As you cram that device in her hand, there's a brief moment where Puck's visage goes kind of passive. Um, her eyes dim and aren't quite as dark. You feel like you've weakened the hold. Everybody kind of like contributing to this final ability for Puck to try to resist and come out of this effect. Zenith. You are up. I will um, cast resistance, which will give you a d4 on saving throws, and then I will hit you with greater restoration again and say, kick Dominion's ass. <laughs> so, with that in mind, this next charisma save, you, I believe you have inspiration. Yep. Right? You have... Um, uh, you have uh, an extra D4 and you have advantage based on what everyone's done at this point. I think you have a D4 for bless, a D4 for resistance, inspiration, and advantage. Does that sound right? D12. So D4, D4, D12, plus your D20 roll. I'm trying to figure out if that many options can, can stack is my only concern. Does bless stack on the other? Does the other one stack on Bless? Um, it's two different people casting it. And yeah, I think I think you have 2d4, a d12, and you have advantage on the roll. Okay. I think that's a fair way to let all the effects kind of kind of work on you. Two ones. So, <laughs> two ones and a lot of supportive ones will be very bad. <laughs> Uh, uh, just, so much. Advantage, how would my uh, disadvantage on Dominion stack up? It'll be Dominion's final attempt to control her will determine his disadvantage. Okay. Cool. Can I add to that by just cussing out Dominion real quick? <laughs> You're going to do that anyways. You son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, shit! You lying motherfucker! <laughs> Oof, okay, okay, okay. Oofs are not fun sounds. Is that, that was an 8 out of 12? That's not bad. Okay, 13, and then... Well, what'd you roll for your charisma save? Oh, you're right. Uh, remember, you didn't make the Sorry, seven. I was... Uh, I, I was... I, I got... Uh, I got carried away with the cussing. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, why am I rolling like this? So you, oh my god! All right, that's a twelve. That's not too bad. Twelve plus, plus eight. I don't know. No, I, I I rolled a d twenty earlier. I I was out of it. Sorry. Oh. So the other one is a d twelve. Uh-huh. Yeah, d twelve. I'm literally biting my fingernails right now. <laughs> oh, plus six. Plus six. six. That's that's 18. An eighteen. All right. Plus and then, a d four. Plus a d four. Oh my goodness, okay. Just not ones. <laughs> Just not ones. Uh, it's seven. It's plus seven. That's a D6. That's the wrong, that's the wrong die. 
No, she got a seven. She rolled so a d6. Was... But yeah. she got a seven. How could she? She rolled two d6, not d4. Oh, okay. <laughs> two d4. It's a three. It's a three. Um, so 21. So 21. 21. So, when we come back next week, we will resolve oh that oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be so much fun. So much fun. I'm telling you, it's going to be so much fun. I don't know if it will be a... fun. <laughs> I didn't even get to use anything. I will tell you this much when you guys come back next week, you'll be fighting Dominion. No, <laughs> I have no spells left. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I didn't use some of my spells. I'm sorry, I've been rolling true crap tonight. Oh my god, that was that was if absolutely... Dominion means just charisma saving him to death, like I oh, might it's like <laughs> my favorite part about those type of encounters, like if Xanath didn't have a passive 25 perception, she wouldn't have seen Brightfin. Yeah. You know, and it just would have been a spiral and everyone everything getting wiped out eventually, or maybe Puck descending into full warlockiness. You know what I mean? For all we know, and then things going sideways that way. Um, that was man, that was freaking awesome. That oh. was so cool. I was, I was, yeah. I, I like if Feeble Mind didn't work, if he resisted Feeble Mind somehow, I was gonna be psychic lantern, <laughs> you know. All right, everybody, we will see you Ooh. next week. It'll be our final show of the year. Then we'll be on break and not back until January 7th for after the holidays. So uh be kind. Um, be safe and don't forget to play a game. Play game. See you guys next week. Uh, you guys linger. We'll talk. Ooh, that was that was such a cool session. That was. Just I, I miss. I miss. I do so miss cool. the arcane archery though. The banishing <laughs> arrows. I miss. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, yeah, crushed that. <laughs> yeah, linger for a bit. We'll chat. All right, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs>